That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm going hit, so it's time to go home. Listening for a long time, welcome back. Thank you for supporting the show. Always appreciate you. No goodbyes, just sneak Listening to some Humans music on the intro here. If you like the intro, be sure to check out Humans music. Friends of the show. From Canada to the United States and back. Staying sober together. Our guest today is my buddy Sonny Mayo. So pumped to have Sonny on the show today. Uh, let me give you a little background about Sonny. Uh, he's been writing, recording, producing, and touring uh, for many years. He started his professional music career in 1995 with the band Snot, uh, which, man, in the podcast today, we hear some great stories about how Snot was formed, how Sonny came into the band. It's a great time. He went on to play in the band's Amen, Seven Dust, Head P.E., currently plays guitar with the Rock to Recovery band Sacred Sons. Uh, now, he first went into rehab as a teenager, uh, continued to struggle with alcoholism, uh, alcoholism with drug addiction, while touring the world, while writing, while recording albums, uh, and he finally hit bottom uh, in late 2001. Desperate for sobriety, uh, he sought and received the help he needed in 12-step fellowships. And uh, in 2014, Sonny joined Rock to Recovery, which harnesses the healing power of music by bringing musical instruments and equipment into treatment facilities. Uh, They write, they record original songs with people recovering from drug and alcohol addiction, PTSD, eating disorders, other illnesses. They work with veterans, Uh, man, just doing some amazing work. And we talk about that quite a bit in the podcast as well. It's funny, as I'm recording this, uh, this intro right now, uh, there's a there's a gardener out in front of our place blowing leaves around and uh, edging and doing a phenomenal job making it just look nice out there. And it's funny at the same time Sonny and I were, were recording, uh, his gardener was showing up edging lawns and blowing leaves everywhere and creating some background noise. So I guess it's quite fitting. I was gonna re-record this, but it's actually kind of fitting that that uh, that this guy's out there doing his work. Right? Hey, we all got to work, man. Got to make a living. Shit, we got shit to do, you know? Man, good stuff. But check this out. Sonny and I talked for like three hours, man. I think, Sonny, I think you hold the record now for the longest That Sober Guy podcast session out of the 380-something episodes as this goes live. So just a great conversation. Had a great time. By the time we were done, my back was like sweaty and I was tired in a good way from just like just this great conversation that we got to have be between music and recovery and hearing different thoughts and experiences and opinions. Um, man, we just got to share a lot of stuff. It was great to hear some background on uh, on on Sonny's story, uh, as well as the work that he's doing today with Rock to Recovery. And uh, man, the music stuff too is great. He, you know, one of the things that you'll hear in the podcast is. I was actually, before Sonny and I met, before we got to know each other a little bit, I was actually at a show back in like, it must have been 1997 in Vacaville uh, at Three Oaks Community Center. It was, I think, Incubus, uh, Snot, uh, Papa Roach. Uh, Man, I just, uh, I think I have the flyer somewhere. Just uh, an amazing show in, in the birth of an era 
of uh, of this music scene that was a big part of my life growing up in my teens and even into my 20s. Just that whole uh, punk rock scene and whole uh, local music scene. It was uh, it was something that uh, I you know it was something I got to experience that I'll never forget. It's a great time in my life. So I got to share that with say, hey man, I was at that show you know back in the day. It's holy shit you know. And then we meet later on in life as you know dudes in recovery and. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Before we get to Sunny, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. Uh, if you'd like to join us on Locals, I'd love to have you jump in today. It's kind of like Instagram meets Patreon. You can help support us there. Uh, you can be part of a growing sober community that's safe. It'll help you stay accountable, have some fun in the process. We have over 300 active members in there. A lot of dudes joining up, really trying to create this strong. Um, uh, I, I love uh, I love being around other dudes, other men in recovery and talking about those experiences that we've been through, like trying to be better friends, better people, better human beings, better dads, better husbands, um, all those things, man. There's something powerful about being in that fellowship and being able to do that. So whether you find that in a in a 12-step meeting, in a group of some sorts, in your church, in the Sober Guy Locals app, wherever it is, I just encourage you to find somewhere. And if you decide that you want to check out Locals, we'd love to have you join that. You can download the Locals app or you can go to that soberguypodcast.locals.com and we'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes today. Um, and if you go to that soberguy.com, we have resources there. There's meetings there. Um, there is all kinds of good stuff from podcasts. There's a couple of courses on there. So be sure to check those out as well. Uh, all right. I think that is it on the announcements. Once again, big shout out to Sonny. Thanks again for spending some time on that sober guy. I'm excited to share this with you guys out there. I think you're really going to enjoy this without further ado. Here is Sonny Mayo. You know, I'm looking at a photo of one of my dogs so I, I i look at it i see it i feel the distance between i even look at the try to see the air yeah like almost like if you were to like with the camera there if i was to put or you were to put your hand in front of it focus on your hand and then look away okay, okay. cross-eyed but i'm still looking at this yeah that's weird so don't look at your hand as you as you do this take the hand away and okay. still look at the space where the hand was and you're technically like cross-eyed Oh yes, I'm having a at, hard time. I'm like a cat. I'm like a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Yeah. So you're looking yeah. at the space. So you look cross-eyed. You're like, yeah. what? Because it's right here. Because yeah. you're refocused, right? Yeah. But we're looking at the space in between. So then he goes into this thing where it's like, I'm experiencing this distance now. Flip it like that, hmm. and try to see. Try to try. He calls it, uh, look at what is looking. Look at what is looking. <sighs> I know. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> what <Okay>. the fuck? <laughs> Dang. Uh, yeah. Look at who's looking? What's looking? What's... Who's watching the thoughts? Who's who's looking at a thought and going, "Man, that no." Or, "Yeah, that's a good idea." Yeah. <laughs> I had this uh I had this vision one time and I've always kind of stuck to this like with our thoughts. Like, have you ever been to um, like a sushi restaurant and they have the sushi boat that goes around and it's like all you can eat. So like I was sitting there one time and I'm not like a huge sushi guy or anything. I kind of just will try not, not really cool stuff. Most of your basic shit, but all these, all these, uh, sushi boats are going around 
And I started thinking like you kind of pick one off that you want, you try it, maybe you don't like it, maybe you stick with a couple that you like. I, was, I started thinking about, I'm like, man, our thoughts are kind of the same thing. Like they're like this round, like thoughts coming in, coming out. Sometimes we we act on ones that we shouldn't or we don't like ones that we should, but they're all thoughts and they're just continuously flowing. You know what I mean? So I don't know if there's, I've been trying to equate some of that to um, meditating or being able to sit in those thoughts I just have a hard time sitting. I know you do a lot of breath work, which I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit about, hear more about yeah. that. Um, does that make sense though? Like the, the uh, analogy dude, to that? It's another one that I hadn't considered. Uh, there's like cars going by, yeah. right? Yeah. You wouldn't grab onto it and ah, it drags you. Are you, yeah. oh, I like that one. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Or you just like, I don't even see that one. Yeah. But, or that's, ew, that's gross. I hate that fucking car, whatever. <laughs> right. But yeah. you don't try to grab, you know, but that is even, that makes actually more sense to me than the car thing. Well, and you don't have clouds. to take, and you don't have to take the one that you don't like personally right. either, right? You don't have to take it and like get all pissed off at myself because like that's been a big one for me is like taking shit personal. We talk about that in the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz and just some recovery and stuff. But um, anyways, man, yeah, dude, I love it, dude. dude I love that. That's yeah. a I mean, really, that's a great analogy, metaphor, I guess. Yeah, um, thanks, man. It's it's grand, bro, because you look at it when you're like, oh, let me, oh, let's see. Ugh. <laughs> I wish yeah. I didn't, you we'll know, like that. some sea urchin or something. And then yeah. you're like, oh, okay, let's start with some something easy, a little hamachi. Yeah. I know this one. I like, okay. Yeah. Let me throw a little more, more oh, this one has a little more wasabi. Oh, I'll try that. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, unagi. I do like that, right? <laughs> or I like that veggie roll, you know. Yeah, yeah, so it's great. And then, and then they're like kind of being restocked as it goes. Oh, here's a different. Oh yeah, exactly. I love it, dude. And I'm like, I'm like Mr. Plain. I'm like, I'll have the tempura, please. <laughs> and my, my father-in-law, we went, uh, we went to a place called Sushi on Fire here in Huntington uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Really good place. And he ordered the sea urchin. I didn't know what, like we had went to the fish market a few, like that weekend before. And so I saw what the sea urchin looks like before you cut into it. And then we went to sushi. I saw what it looks like when they brought it out and he was getting after it. I was too much of a wuss to try it, but you like that stuff? You like it? The sea urchin? No, 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 no I tried it. Did you? What did it taste I, like? like? I feel I, it's been a long time. I've been vegan for a few years. Oh, nice. Nice. I didn't know that. But, um, I, and I don't, I just remember, I didn't like the, the it's like yogurty, like her text. That's what he said. He said it was real textury. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that says it all. <laughs> yeah. It's just like your face. It doesn't want, I don't want my face to ever do that. What mm -mm. I just did. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> so yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, man. My buddy yeah. of mine would always, my buddy, my buddy, uh, when I played in, well, he's probably still does it. When I played in seven dust, mm -hmm. uh, Morgan Rose, the drummer, we always, we would always go get sushi back in the mid two thousands when I was with them. And he'd always be like, yeah, you got, you got quail egg, <laughs> raw quail. And I was like, why are you? He's oh, like, oh, I just like it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't even think I tried it. I, yeah, I've never tried it, I've, but I just, just the thought of it looks and sounds disgusting. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. Nasty. Gross. Um, but yeah, man. I like how we just dive in. I feel like that's, you know, we don't know yeah. each other really, but yeah, I do too. It's easy. I, and that's like, sometimes I'll produce the show live. I think I'm just going to keep rolling if that's cool with you and we can just have, Dude, I'll, I'll was, do, we started going. Yeah. yeah. I'll do the, I'll do the other stuff later on, man. That's, that's totally fine. It's and, almost like, like Rogan. It seems like there's like, there's the intro that he, and then you can just, 
you just join the conversation. Yeah, exactly. I think it's I think it's more relatable to the listener like that too because it brings the authenticity. It's not so like you know, radio-esque or news segment or whatever. I think that's why a lot of people have liked, well, of course, that's why they love Rogan's podcast. The feedback I get from Sober Guy too is the same thing, man. It's just, it's authentic, relatable conversations revolving around, you know, recovery is the focal point. But man, there's so many branches of the tree of recovery, of life, just being dudes, trying to be better men, you know, all that stuff. So it's good to have you on today, man. It re really so is. So grateful, bro. So yeah. grateful. It's been great to get to kind of know you a bit too. And just uh, like, thanks for inviting me to speak at your meeting last week, dude. That was awesome, bro. Yeah, Such a good experience. A lot of good people in there. So I, I'm looking forward to, uh, I have that on my, my meeting lists now. Always, always good to have that. Yeah, um, man. It's it's uh, six days a week, Monday through Saturday. How do you do it's, that? Huh? How I do don't. Do, okay. I, I was did. wondering if you did it every day. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. you okay? I will tell yeah. you. I'll try to be concise because I am loquacious. I will start. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, so first of all, I've been sober since uh, my sobriety date, we'll say, mm -hmm. um, is December 31st, 2001. <laughs> so New Year's Eve was my first day really really it was the first day that i did not imbibe alcohol or yeah. any other mind-altering substance uh not necessarily because i was like i'm gonna get sober but because i hit bottom on the 30th for real and i had hit plenty of bottoms i was in rehab when i was 16. yeah i didn't didn't want it didn't need it all the you know and i didn't stay sober obviously um and so uh when the pandemic hit so fast forward, so I've been sober 19 yeah. and a half years over. And so when the pandemic hit, man, I um, was told by my doctors, my, doc, my cardiologist and my, G, my general practitioner, because I, I have a cardiologist because I actually have coronary artery disease. We can go into that a little bit too. Yeah. There's a lot of spirituality and a lot of my like 11th step yeah. uh, action that was kicked in when I had two heart attacks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you may have, I don't know if I talked I, about I, I just kind of learned about this recently and doing a little pre-production for our conversation today. But yeah, dude, like, and I was like, holy shit. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I'm lean and dude. I'm healthy, you know, <laughs> so I can, we can talk about that too if, if yeah. we get back to it. Absolutely. But I, they said on, uh, you know, the, uh, the pandemic, uh, the lockdowns, let's say, uh, hit on um, March 14th of 20. And I was like, I'm not leaving these, this space. I can't leave this space. I was like, you know, cause all the things, blood clotting and all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. And I have five stents. If, you, if people don't know what stents are, they're these little metal tubes that they go where they go into your, either into your wrist or your, into your groin up into the, up into the heart through the major artery. Wow. And they discover that with, with a radioactive dye, they film it and they see the blockages and then they put these little tubes in there and it's, and it opens up the um, artery where it's blocked and then they pull the little catheter back out and it's supposed to keep your arteries open. That's the goal, right? Yeah. And so I have five of those over two heart attacks. Four the first time, one the second time. So I'm not going anywhere, right? March 14th, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. And so I was, and so first of all, I was like, I don't have, I, I don't have a job. Like I go, I, I, the work that I do with Rock to Recovery at that point was all in person, man. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, I can't go to meetings. And so I decided I'm gonna start a Zoom meeting. I'm just gonna have one today. Yeah. And I texted a bunch of people, hey, if you can't go to meetings, like I got one going if you wanna at noon. Yeah. And I made my kind of made my own format. 
um, the one that you experienced, yeah, which is which concise, was, pretty it's it chill. Right? I was just telling my buddy Static about it. Just I, we, we were. I know Static. Before. I love that yes, guy. He's a good dude, man. Oh. Yeah, but we were. I was telling him. I said, man, I love Sonny's format. It was like concise. It was like to the point. I got to share a little bit. I got to share a little, little, um, little verbiage of my choice, and then boom, like tons of good people sharing, dude. Awesome, yeah, bro. And somehow, if there's around 20, 25 people, like the way that meeting is, even though there's a ten minute speaker. Like almost everybody shared. I think everyone got in because people yeah, keep it. Everyone you know, did. They keep it. That's and, and that's how it's that's how it evolved and has yeah. been most of the time. We don't have a timer and it seems to work out just fine. Yeah. So um, and then also. So what I decided because I that was a Saturday Sunday. I had just been uh, uh, the just closed out my um, secretaryship at a men's meeting in Santa Monica, which used to be called. Mario's and then it was Bravo and then it was Trustevere. So we were on the third street promenade. I don't know if you ever went to those men's meetings at all up here. Mm -mm. Rad group, lovely yeah. West side men's uh, AA is great. And I know West side women's AA is great too. And co-ed's great too. I love, yeah. I do, well, I don't do the women's meetings, but I do all of the, yeah. all of the meetings that I can. And, um, and so I was, so Sunday I got with the new secretary who was literally just starting that Sunday it was his first Sunday, the 15th yeah. of March. And I said, Hey, my, my man, I'm going to start the Sunday virtual Bravo, we call it. And uh, so let people know they can't make it. I got it. And he, and I'll tell people that you're still doing it until on further notice. Yeah. And so I started that meeting. So it was one day was men's meeting Sunday. And then six days a week was co-ed. And cause I didn't really want to look at dudes the whole time. Like I don't want to have seven <laughs> days a week of guys. I'm, so, yeah. I don't, I'm not sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry. <laughs> no, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Plus, I wanted to have a format. I, I did it. I got to do it myself. I got to create that format. That's cool. Yeah. And I whittled it down because I was like, I don't want a whole bunch of, I love the literature, but enough. Everybody don't have to read how it works at the beginning. You don't have to. It's, we'll yeah. just get a, re, a speaker who reads anything they want to. 11-step yep. style. Yeah. Something, you know, because the big book says that the world's libraries are full of books like that. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. Of spiritual ask your priest or rabbi or minister or guru yeah. or but a lot of the same a lot of the same concepts just maybe in different context for people depending on how they look at it but totally yeah yeah and it's available right so that's why i did yeah. that and then it's continued man and uh the men's meeting eventually i uh i got with some other guys and we absorbed it into one link that so it's seven days a week on the same link uh, so sundays my meeting is not there's no meeting on the same on the link that that you had yeah um, it's a different, it's a men's meeting. Um, and I take Sunday, like, like somebody they talked about on the, uh, oh, I guess that was on the seventh day. Was it the seventh day mm -hmm. he rested? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I rest on the seventh day. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to another meeting. Yeah. yeah not mine. But I, I was doing seven days a week, Shane. Dang. I was out of my mind. I don't know if I'm a narcissist. I don't know if I'm like a sado, maybe a sadomasochist. I don't know what it was, but I was doing seven days a week with six speakers a week for wow. a few months. Dude, but I would I would argue that after experiencing something like two heart attacks and just life before, which you know I'd love to hear a little bit more about that too, just like kind of some more of your story and getting in the music business and as a as a teenager, I know you went to rehab at a young age, um, but like this perspective we have as number one, we get older and we start dealing with aging, sickness, and death, like those three things that are just inevitable for us. Um, our, our lives change, our perspective changes. And it seems like in just the short time I've known you, bro, like when, when I talk to you, not just right now too, but previous, I'm always like, man, dude, Sonny's just got just the, the dopest vibe, like the best vibe, like just a good, good dude wanted to be of service. 
Um, you always bring off that good energy. And I'm, I guess I'm asking you, does some of that come from being able to put life in perspective in, you know, potentially losing life at some point after two heart attacks, man, that's, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, to an extent. And I can <laughs> tell you this, bro, like, uh, the first one was, uh, literally just after my 45th birthday and I was, I was, uh, I wasn't bigger, but I was stronger than I'd ever been in my life. Yeah. My nephew who used to live right next door to me is 20 years younger than me. Yeah. And he was training me because I had this smoking hot Australian uh, chick that came in to <laughs> hang out, hang out, we'll say, with yeah. me around my birthday. Yeah. And luckily, whew, she didn't kill me. Um, I didn't, whatever. But I did have a heart attack while she was here. <laughs> and I'm Damn. really grateful. To say, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm really grateful she was here because she's the one that was like, we're going to the hospital right now. Really? Because I was all. I was like, you know, I was like, well, you yeah. know, I'll drop you off at the airport. And, what? and she's like, no. And I went, okay. I mean, what? I don't. Was it just literally out of nowhere? Like pretty much out of nowhere? Did you know there was any complications or anything before? Well, uh, I knew that I had high triglycerides my entire life. Um, but my, and my doctors, man, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, it's obvious that I was ignorant. Because even when I was having an actual, what do they call it, myocardial infarction, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I was still like, meh, I'll just go later. Yeah. So the so the th the thought of like at like sixteen, bro, eighteen, something like that, they were like, well, you have high triglycerides, it runs in the family. Oh wow. And they all these doctors throughout my whole life said literally the same thing, Shane. They would say, you know, keep an eye on that. Huh. And I don't know what keep an eye on it meant. I was like, look at my beautiful yeah. dog. I know it's back there chilling. What's his name? Her name is Gaia. Oh, Gaia. Girl, what's yep. up, Gaia? She's chilling. Oh, yeah, she's part. I love it. Yeah, That's Mother cool. Earth over there. Yeah. Uh, so, finally, okay. So, in in um in 2013, man, was a big sober bottom for me. At the end of 2013, uh, actually in the year of 2013, um, my dog Buckley died at the beginning of the year. My uh, in January, my dad was diagnosed. Well, I'm sorry, my, my dog died of cancer. My dad died of cancer in June. And my marriage died in November. And it didn't end in 2013. It went into 14. Like we, we separated, Damn. we got, we got divorced. I was in this, uh, I had this gnarly thumb injury where I was breaking up a dog fight oh, and I shit. went to push and my thumb literally went like the, this way. It's the way it's supposed to go. Oh. And thankfully it was no surgery. Like it's good. Like, yeah. And I mean, and I was starting a new, trying to start a new career, all this job, whatever. I didn't know yeah. what I was doing, bro. And, uh, and then I got in this car crash that was totally my fault. Damn. Accidental. I, somebody T-boned me cause I turned in front. I didn't see yeah. it. You know, it was an accident. Right. And it turned out my ex-wife and I, my soon to be ex-wife at the time. And I were both on the same insurance still. And, I was giving her money. I, my part in it, my my uh, inventory, my tenth step in that is why were we still on the same insurance four months after we were separated? That's on yeah. me. Yeah. So she wasn't paying the insurance. I was uninsured. Oh damn, Bro, I'm, Shane, I'm still paying that car off. A hundred bucks at wow. a time every month. Damn. The other guy's car, seventeen grand. Holy shit. So, so dude, I mean, wow. just hit like this gnarly bottom in in thirteen. Um, but I had this experience and this is so, for me, it's so very connected with spirituality. And especially for me, when I got sober, 
Um, and I know I'm probably all over the place. I hope no, people. Good, man. I love it, dude. Yeah, okay, keep great. going. Yeah. I'm going to jump around. Yeah. You know, I like to go what it's like, what it was like, mm-hmm. what happened, what it's like. What I, so when Buckley, who is this dog right here, Buckley. that's the dog that, that died oh, in they look 2000. Similar. They look similar, guy. And yeah, yeah. He's bit. like a pity, yeah. pointery kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Buddy kind of awesome dog. So he, <clears throat> he got diagnosed with, uh, hemangiosarcoma which is a tumor on his heart in late 12 and what would happen i'm gonna try not to do too much detail is this little it was a blood vessel cancer so it would try to grow blood vessels on the heart okay. it would bleed fill the heart sac with blood and compress his heart oh yeah man <clears throat> and you could drain it like we did it the first time we drained it and bro this is where oh yeah this is where the true nature of my connection with God with a capital D and dog with a capital G came into play yet again. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I kid you not. I could tell you the other ones too, but here yeah. I'll just give you this one. Uh, this is with me with 11 years, pushing 12 years. Uh, and so he went into the hospital having this happen. This was happening. And I used to be a vet tech. So I, I oh, knew wow. something was up and his color was pale and all this. And so we were in Lake Tahoe, dude. I ran down a mountain with my dog in my arms, like, Damn. like, uh, uh, like Bill Bixby in the old incredible Hulk show where he lifted the car or the, yeah. uh, there was a mom who lifted the car and he was trying to get that strength. And then that's when he got the gamma. So, yeah. right. Uh, literally superhuman strength to, to, because of the love I had for this dog. And we got him to the animal hospital and the doctor's like, he's got, a, I know what it is. He checked him out. We, he went in bro. And this is the, this is the consciousness of God in my life. i looked at my dog who was, he didn't know. How old was, was how old was he? About 11. Okay. He was a mutt. So, I mean, okay. a, um, rescue. So he, 11 yeah. or 12. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's going in and, uh, he's basically dying. Like his heart's being compressed, oh. just like squeezed until it can't, Fuck. uh, beat anymore and he's still when the doctor came in his tail was like he's still wagging his tail he's like hey dog (laughs) doctor listened to his heart heard what he he knew he couldn't hear the heart very well he knew what it was he told me and i was like oh my god they took him in and he said we can take the we can get the blood out of there so he puts a catheter you know and i told him i was a vet tech they they let me come back and shit dude it was killer i got to be there with him while it was happening yeah and they drew the blood off and they emptied the heart sack so everything was normal again and dude he went from literally like this, you know, like, uh, to, hey, what's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, there's a cat over there. Hey, you want to go outside? Hey, yeah. let's do this. Like you know, the thing is, like, what would Jesus do? What would dog do? I actually say, my ex-wife and I say, what would Buckley do? That was yeah. our thing. And he would say yes, really. He would say yes. Hey, you want to do this? Yeah. Hey, you want to do nothing? Yeah. Yeah. You want to that- do Yeah. So this connection with you know with god and that mentality that that consciousness grew and now as he was getting chemo and um all these other things i was meditating one day shane with and he was next to me and he had a real deep chest like you know pities do and uh pointers do so i and the the thing was if i have if you have your hand on his heart like on his chest you can actually feel Oh wow! Lub dub, lub dub, and if I couldn't feel it, then we have an issue. That was like the kind of the, the sign. Yeah, and so I'm feeling his heart, and this was huge for me, dude. Whew. I'm feeling his heart, and I'm thinking, there's a tumor on there, fucking tumor, mm. piece of shit tumor, mm. fucking, and I'm sending this energy, this hatred, 
through my body, through my hand, into and at the heart of the creature I love more than anything in the world. You catch what I'm saying? I'm sending, (laughs) excuse my French again, but I'm sending fuck at his heart. And dude, I snatched myself up and I was like, no. And I was like, oh my God, with a capital D. I said, I have to pray for this tumor. Dude. And so there was, there is a prayer by a guy called Anthony DeMello. You ever hear of Anthony DeMello? Uh, I don't think so. He was a Jesuit priest from India. Okay. Um, He was a renegade. Like the Jesuits were kind of renegades before they, they're like the Catholic church was like, we need to get these guys on our side because they're like pirate Christians. They were so dope. Oh yeah. And he's amazing. Oh, he was, he died in the eighties. But he had this prayer or has a prayer, man, that he left to us. And it can be used on anything. He said, a person, a situation, in my case, a tumor. Yeah. And it was, I leave you free to be who you are, to indulge your tastes as you see fit, to grow in any way you see fit. Whoa. I leave you free. Dude, I prayed for this tumor. Yeah. And uh whew. and then like like three days later my dad was diagnosed with multiple myeloma bone cancer. Like clockwork. Like and I was I was like, damn Buckley? <laughs> yeah. D O G capital G. <laughs> uh yeah, man. So that is some of the stuff that I bring forward with me and I'm a human bro like sober yeah, I love that or not I'm a human so I'm scared I'm excited yeah. I'm a fr- you know why do we anxious, why do we forget the- that sometimes we forget where like my, my I was talking to my homie Josh the other day and I was kind of I, I had some my own shit going on I was trying to work out and he goes bro like don't forget you're a human being like you're you're supposed to feel like I I struggle with feeling period probably why I had an issue with alcohol and drugs, you know? Um, why do we forget that sometimes? I love that you just pointed that out. Like you're, you know, I'm, I'm a human, like shit. We're supposed to feel it's part of it. it sucks sometimes, but. <laughs> I look at it actually in, in longer term <clears throat> sobriety. I, I look at, I try to, I aim for it to look at myself and others, but look at me and go, really, I'm human first. I'm not yeah. alcoholic first. Yeah, that's good. I'm human first. And then I'm male mm. and then I can go, okay, and I'm, and I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. But there's a filter that goes through. So there's human, man. There's things that supersede alcoholism in here. Totally. totally. <laughs> and then there's genetic gender, whatever, you know, hormones and all the instincts. And then there's a peculiar mental twist that the big book defines as alcoholism really roots. It's the, uh, uh, it's centered in the mind rather yeah. than in the body. Yeah. It starts here and it catapults in the body, right? That if you, if you go by that uh, model, which I do for myself yeah. Yeah. and I know that there's people like whatever works for you, but if you want help with it like this, I got you. I can yeah. help. I can really help you. Yeah. If, if that, and maybe I can be, I can, I can still be supportive in other ways. Like I'm a recovery coach, whatever I can help other ways too. Yeah. But um, yeah, that humanness, dude, yeah, it's huge. I love yeah. I love you point that out too. Like uh there's certain ways that work for some people that might not work for another person. But I think it's so important and we try to express that on this platform too, is like number one, all that really matters is that we're doing the best we can and we stay sober, like from a you know, from a sobriety perspective. But like, man, we can learn a lot from each other. 
in, in different ways and how to do things. And maybe it doesn't align exactly as the way, you know, we see it, but at the end of the day, it comes back to that. We're trying to stay sober. We're trying to be better human beings, do the best we can, that kind of stuff. So I think that's very appealing to a lot of people and they can relate to that versus saying, this is the only way. And if you don't see it like my way, then you're doing it wrong or you're going to fail or whatever. You know what I mean? I love keeping that open perspective and allowing people, cause we got to figure it out ourselves. Like nobody wants to be told what to do. Like I know I don't, it's probably why I got to where I got in this situation. Cause I, you know, no, we don't want that, but I got to just figure it out. You know, because sometimes we've got to fall on our face a few times, but um, man, dude. So you got hit with all that stuff though, all at like one time. And Bro. somehow you managed to stay sober though through it, dude. I don't know. That's a lot. <laughs> Let me tell you this too. Like, uh, I played in the, when I was playing at that time in the band, ugly kid, Joe never, by the way, in real quick before doing a little, like I said earlier, a little pre-production for this. I did not know that I knew snot seven dust rock to recovery. Obviously I didn't know ugly kid, Joe. And as a kid, uh, I was born in 81. Um, I remember yeah. early nineties, I was a skater kid, dude. And like, I, w I mean, and I was, I had a, a rough, you know, kind of childhood and ugly kid. Joe bro was like one of my favorites, dude. Oh yeah. Just me. Oh man. Just <laughs> F you society. Like suck it. You know, <laughs> like yeah, it's just freaking like, great, dude. Yeah. So was, anyways, <laughs> yeah. here's how I, I want to do a little tangent here because <clears throat> when I, all right. I was, I'm 1971. I just turned 50, bro. Nice, dude. Uh, that's right. Month. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Congrats right. and happy birthday, by the Thank way. You. Yes. Thank you. The Buick Farvo. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm rad. I mean, I've actually, I'm, like, I'm in pretty good shape. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though I've had two heart attacks. Yeah. Um, I'm in pretty good shape. But I hated Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything about you. I mean, it goes perfect, right? The song, dude. and there it is. Bro, I was like, who are these clowns? Yeah. And they were like, look at us clowns. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. They were owning it. And well, I was like, care. Nah, who need to? so I was, I grew up in Virginia. I was born in DC and grew up in Northern Virginia. And I'm this like former thrash. I mean, not former, I guess. I, was, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm still good at it. Speed metal. Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up, I, you know, I grew up listening. I've been playing music all my life. I played like the damn recorder and the xylophone and I played alto. I played viola and then I played damn. alto sax. And then I, then I like, uh, oh I, yeah, I found, <laughs> I found weed and Metallica. <laughs> I'm going to say 1986. Yeah. When master yes. of puppets came out, I oh, went, <gasps> my buddy who was a stoner dude who totally got me into weed and he's, and he was the problem. It wasn't me. It was him. Oh yeah. Always. Dude. It's um, always the buddy. Yeah. Don't mm, hang out with that kid. <laughs> Long-haired guy with influence. the with the denim vest that has the the venom patch on the back of it, venom on denim. <laughs> venom on denim. That'd be a great T-shirt. Oh shit, yeah, dude. My buddy Klaus from Ugly Kid Joe has a. Uh, it's called mock and roll art, and he does like um uh like piss takes on all the things. Like yeah. he'll have the the um Motley Crue logo, but it'll say Mariah Carey. <laughs> And then <laughs> for great. Venom, it's he has it's the logo, but it says yeah. it's vegan. Oh, nice little play, <laughs> no, little no. word plays. Yeah, that is sick. He did another one that's um, you know, the Slayer, like the uh, the circle with like the sword, die by the sword, I think, yeah. or whatever their logo with the swords through it, the pentagram, uh -huh. and it says Slayer. His says sober. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that one. <laughs> I might have to send you one of those, bro. That's cool, dude. Yeah, I'll dig it. Mock and yes. roll, mock yes. and roll. Mock it's and on roll. Uh, Instagram, right. whatever. So. I know we're all over the place, but I hated Ugly I Kid it. Joe, dude. And yeah. then my friend, Shannon Larkin, who was in, at the time, band Wrathchild America, who most people probably don't know. Some people are going to be like, oh, dang. 
Ratchet America from like uh, Baltimore ish. Uh-huh. He actually joined Ugly Kid Joe. Oh wow! And we were like, what the f- what? <laughs> Those clowns? Yeah. And he and he's like, man, I'm I'm going. And yeah. listen, and he went, listen. He's such a rad. This guy is. I call him the kingpin of the clique. Huh. Like there was a <laughs> there's a line from uh, uh, there's some line from like the Chronic where he says um, it might be like corrupt. Uh, the rapper corrupt. He goes, kingpin of the click, littlest G with the biggest dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I look at Larkin because he's, he's, he's this wide. Yeah. And he is a beast, bro. He plays in Godsmack now. Oh yes. He's the drummer Godsmack for many years for 20, pushing 20 years now. As long as I've been sober, actually, he's been the drummer Godsmack. But we also played in a band called Amen together, but that's later. So, He joined them and he's like, and we're like, oh man, we had a side project together. He was in, he's in Ratchild, but we had this killer side project together called motherfucking Pitbulls, MFP. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, so, oh man. And he goes, dude, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to let people know, man, that we're some killer musicians here. Yeah. Sure enough. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. He moved to Santa Barbara. He mm. met a bunch of people. He meets Mikey Doling, who's friends with Klaus and Witt. Yeah. I think, Yeah. And uh, uh, Mikey was uh, was a guitar tech for Klaus, which me and Mikey have such a funny history, similar because I was a guitar tech for Wrathchild at one point, hmm. um, which was Shannon's old band. Um, and I also played five shows with him, which is how I got in with him because the really? guitar player broke his hand one time in like 1992. And, um, and I filled in for him, so I got in with the things. I was in this yeah. local thrash band called um, Silence 92. And so... Mikey Doling was Klaus's guitar tech, and I. And at one point, I was the guitar tech for Wrathchild America. Neither of us had any business being guitar techs. We're guitar players, mm-hmm. not guitar techs. <laughs> but he That's met Mikey, difference. and Mikey's like, "Dude, I got this band, bro. I'm trying to. It's called Snot. I'm calling it Snot, dude. I'm trying yeah. to get it off the ground. But man, like the guys around here is kind of flaky, and you know, kind of tweakers and whatever. And Shannon's like, "Yo, I, I, I think he was just looking for a bass player first. He's like, I got the guy." So our bass player, John, we called him Tumor. <laughs> he liked to, I like to call him John now, we're older. John Faunastock. Uh, he got the gig. Like he went out. And, really? And then like, yeah, and he was like, yeah. he started playing with Snot. And then he goes, at one point, I think it was early, it was Christmas 94. He goes, hey man, and we were at a party. Shannon was back from, from Santa Barbara for the, for the holiday, seeing family. We had a party at our buddy Yitz house out at the ranch where we, <laughs> it was so redneck, dude. We would shoot shotguns. He had wolf oh, hybrids wow. and it, we were so redneck and we're not really rednecks, but he is. That sounds like fun. Uh, sounds like fun, right? Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I love shotguns and wolf hybrids. <laughs> Hell yeah. You want to go to that party, bro? I'm there. <laughs> Hell yeah. At the time, bong hits and all yep. the things. Some Marlboro Reds and maybe a Budweiser. <laughs> Cowboy killers. Oh, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So he goes, Shannon and John said to me, hey, man. I can't remember who said it, but they were like, they were both like, yo, have your affairs in order, bro, because I think we might, they might want another guitar player. Oh, so wow. have your shit together. And I, I had this townhouse and I had a relationship. And I was like, all right. And I got all my shit tight uh-huh. and then sure enough easter sunday uh of 95 i get up i like had been out all day and i come home and playing like sega genesis uh, uh <laughs> nba live 95 yeah. oh yeah that's awesome <laughs> you're not old enough for that are you oh no genesis oh yeah i was down on some genesis man that's when super it, yeah. nintendo like yeah that was it's yep 
that was the yeah. That's, that's when it went from like this weird linear thing to like a three D ish yep. perspective. NBA yep. Live ninety five. Yep. And I'm playing basketball with my bro, my roommate, my girl answers the phone. She's like, "Hey, honey, uh, it's for you." And I go, All right. and it's you know, it's got a giant cord on it and stuck to the wall and shit. Yeah. I go, "Hey, uh, hello." And this this guy who I don't recognize his voice, he goes, "Hey, Sonny, I've been trying to get a hold of you all day." I go, "Who's this?" Yeah. He says, "This is Lynn." I said, "Well, what do you want?" And he goes, I want metal. Oh, shit. You know what I said? <laughs> you called the right place. <laughs> That's the gr- perfect answer. <laughs> and he, dude, he answer. let out this, like, he let out a, yeah, like a, lin, it was Lynn straight of snot. Yeah. And you hear that snot. Oh, yeah. Like the, yeah, like the Lynn from the diaphragm to the pelvis. And he let it out on the phone. I was like, this motherfucker. And he's like, bro, we want you to come join our band. Wow. He didn't say audition or anything. Yeah. And then he passed me around to all the guys and it got to Tumor, got to John. He's like, yeah, man, we want you to come out. And I was all, what about the name? And he goes, we've been in meetings with some lawyers and some managers and nobody's ever said anything about it. <laughs> and I go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. all right. And I was all, well, you send me a demo. <laughs> Where did you live at at the time? Uh, Reston, Virginia. Oh, wow. And so, and they were all out in Santa Barbara. So you're clearly on the other side of the country at this time. Like that makes sense why he said, get your stuff in order because there could be an opportunity coming. Sorry. Yeah. I was, we were in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so they came back. So Shannon. Yeah. 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 So, um, I got off the phone and they were like, we'll send you a demo. And I was like, all right. And you know, I was like, you know, sounding pretty positive or whatever. My girl looks at me and she's like, you're going right and i was like yeah yeah she was so rad she's like all right you better call so-and-so and call your mom and call and i was like all right yeah. she's so rad props to vicky north my uh, homie she's my homie now nice yeah she get, i mean what a fucking awesome human she was like yeah. no nope, you better supportive she knew man and then yeah. she came out and visited me once or twice and then it was like i love awesome. you i'm not coming back yeah right <clears throat> i'm staying yeah so um, I don't know where we were. Oh, we were the Ugly Kid Joe in 2014. So we can keep going with some history if you want, dude. I know I'm loving this because let me just. I want to hear. I want to. I would love to hear a little bit more how that kind of evolved. But I just want to share with you real quick. One of the um, best times in my life, like as a kid, coming up in like this broken home, um, you know, trying to trying to figure out you know, who you are and, and what, what this is about. And like music was such a big part of my life. Like, and it even was as a kid, even like a little kid, I remember the first concert I went to was heart with my mom and dad. And like, I remember watching heart and just being like, Oh man, that's just so, I think it was like at Concord pavilion or something. And, um, I just remember going like, God, that's so good. I could feel it in my chest. And you know, my dad, my dad was funny, man. He would play anything from Brooks and Dunn to like Biggie Smalls and Tupac and like his 95 Chevy Camaro with the T-tops, dude. And it's just like, he, he didn't, you know, he had very, a very wide selection of music. So grew up on that. But as a kid going to, you know, being from Vacaville and going to my first shows, like in seventh, eighth, ninth grade at the Three Oaks Community Center was Papa Roach, was Salmon, and it was Snot back in the day. Yeah, and so- Wait, 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 you were at that show? Yes, 
Yes. Isn't that insane that you and I meet later on in life, like in recovery? And like, it's like, I want to say I have the flyer to it somewhere too, like in some boxes or something. I know D-Buck probably has some flyers of it too, um, somewhere, but, but like, it was so rad because just, Bro, Incubus just, played that show. Incubus yes. was on that show too. It was like the, that was an amazing event at the small local community center before, like that was like the birth of, or the, the start of like this whole new scene of music that's continued to evolve, you know, even to today, it set roots in that, but just real, real quick. And I want you to keep going, but I just want to say like, as a kid, and I know there's other kids out there who feel this, like being from that style of home, like being able to hear that music and your guys's passion for music and just getting up there having fun. And then dude, like being able to go into like a fucking gnarly ass mosh, but I miss that at 40, dude, I can't do it anymore. Cause I don't, I got like work and I have kids and stuff, but that was the best release like to just let loose and let it all out in some sort of healthy, somewhat manner. Cause there was a code and a respect for it. And you got, you know, there was a fight here or there, but man, what a great, great time, like of life of the music scene and watching, you know, these bands that, um, continued on, you know, to, to set like just, uh, a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of great things to come after that, but yes, dude. So that was awesome. I was there so rad that we end up like hooking up later on and meeting and stuff. So yeah, I just wanted to share I want to say this, dude, I'm so grateful that we both survived. <laughs> Me too, bro. Yeah, yep. man. Yep. Not just survive, but we're thriving as well. Yeah. <clears throat> How long are you sober? Right. I forget. Seven? Uh, so let's see. Uh, next dude on September 11th, just a couple of weeks, it'll be eight years. Eight. Yeah. yeah. So Crazy. I did kind of remember. So I'm going to put this in my calendar real quick. Oh, I got yeah. it. Shane Raymer, eight years. Oh, dude. Awesome. <laughs> right man. There, you're, dude. you're rad, bro. Yep. That's sick. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. I, I must've done it. That meeting that you were, you, when you spoke, yeah. when you said it, I was like, yeah. I'm so rad. I forget how rad I am. <laughs> That's great. Man. I'm not the raddest, but yeah. I'm rad and also bunk, but rad. <laughs> right that's my that's my boy wick crane from ugly kid joe that's one of his things oh dude yeah. he's one of my gurus that he's like really? a, he's like a uh you know what a sadhu is uh uh-uh. it's like a so, uh like a hindu uh uh mystic like a okay hindu medicine man kind of they just yeah. <laughs> they just wander the earth and like they'll just show up at your house and you're, you, you just you're like oh hey and they and you feed them and just sleep they on the couch and, and shit and like and yeah. they kick it and they hang out and they give you some rad tidings and you're like you want to crash out like you can sleep in the garage or we got a, a guest room. like he's like and they just that's bestow awesome. this wisdom upon you you're like how did you get that yeah that's what crane wow and um <laughs> and so uh uh what got what had me saying that why did i say um what were we saying we were saying well i I will point out this and i think you know i think that there's oh i'm rad and bunk that's it um yes rad i look at like i look at it as humility right so i try to be humble so i'm rad and also bunk yeah but if it's 51 49 rad to bunk i'm doing pretty good absolutely 51 (laughs) rad for sure bunk 49 yes and we're and we're probably doing better we're probably like you know 63 37 totally but i but i think i think it's good that you pointed out though that like in on a serious note like i'm so grateful too that we made it through that because how i know i know you have you know close people who've passed as of i and um one of them that just came up for me i I followed nick trainer a lot growing up i don't know if you remember link 80 the band link 80 from uh the bay area he was actually danielle Steele's son the writer danielle Steele, and he was manic depressant and she wrote a book about him and they had toured on the, the Bay Area and stuff, and he ended up passing away too. And at that time of my life was a big, a big part of that too. But point being is, 
we made it through. Thank God. And I, I do feel like this maybe obligation is the wrong word, but just drive and passion to, to be able to give back and get that. And I get that vibe from you too, man, just wanting to help and serve and be a good dude, you know? Yeah, man. And you know, I feel like for, I really do feel like that is actually in our nature. Yeah. There's a totally. Brad yeah. truck coming down the way. Yeah. Can you hear that? I can hear. Yeah. It's cool. Stand by. It, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Something really important to say. So shh. yeah. Be quiet truck. I got my dog crying in the background. He wants me to. Oh, I can't out. even hear it. Okay. He's yeah. Chilling. can't hear it. Okay. So, um, that whole like, uh, nature versus nurture kind of thing. So you and I have similar experiences. We probably are similar people. Not everyone's like us. There's different types of, obviously different types of people, different character. Yeah. What do you, there's like, um, uh, what do they call it? Generational trauma. Uh, you can call it like uh, inherited karma. The sins of the father will be fall upon the son. Like, yeah. you know, it's coming through. What are our, where are our parents when they get together and, and then where's the mom and the, what's the surround, all this stuff. And so there's nature and nurture. And I think it's a pretty, it's decent balance. I, I feel like there was a study and it, it might even be a little more on the nurture side for, you know, the surroundings. Yeah. But nature, you know, in the, in wedding crashers, Christopher Walken's <laughs> like that movie. nature versus nurture lodge. Nature always wins. <laughs> I agree with him. I think that nature wins. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That, that movie's great too. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's like, I don't know what got into me. Brad Cooper. He's like, yeah. I don't know what got into me. I just, and he's yeah. like nature versus nurture lodge. <laughs> nature always wins. Yeah. Always. <laughs> with Christopher Walken away. Yeah. So man, I think it's in our nature, bro. Sometimes when we come in for people who are, are new or are, potentially hating themselves like I sometimes do. Um, I don't think it's my nature to be a degenerate meth smoking, teeth falling out, uh, you know, uh, alcoholic addict. I, I don't think that's my nature. I think it's part of this body and whatever makeup. Yeah. But in, I feel <laughs> a sense that it's my nature to be loving and to, like, I'm kind. Yeah. I am yeah. kind, period. I, I, I say to people like, cause I, I was, uh, when I came into the program, you could say, um, when I came in for real, uh, you could say that, uh, I was, um, an angry agnostic, right? I was pissed off at the God of my grandfather. This is, it's not my God. And I would hold it in my back pocket and pull it out and be like, see, this is wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this, and so, uh, cause it was, you know, mad at me for being born and all this other stuff. And so I started to shift because when I, when I did, um, I, I'm, I'm all over the place, but when I did have this realization of how angrily I'd been living my life, yeah. I mean, I made some rad angry music, man, some really rad angry <laughs> oh, yeah. music. Yeah. And when I had gotten sober and I was, I joined Seven Dust when I had three years. So in 2005, I joined Seven Dust, replaced the mighty Clint Lowry mm -hmm. in Seven Dust for three years, three albums. And I would help Morgan, the drummer, write lyrics. And he would do this thing where he would, like we'd be doing pre-production, he would write, uh, like John Connolly, the first record I did with him, man, Connolly was like, I got 15 songs, and I had just joined the band like nine days before that and flew out and just like, we're doing a record, we want you to join yeah. the, and again, I got so, I am so stoked, man. I am so spoiled and I'm such a punk that I've, I have never auditioned for a band that I actually wanted to, I did audition for a band and I was like, I don't wanna be in your band, but, uh, <laughs> I auditioned for Nine Inch Nails and obviously didn't get the gig. But again, these guys snot said, hey, we want you to join our band. Seven Dust yeah. called me, Morgan called me, hey man. 
and the precursor to to Morgan. Oh, actually, it was Morgan, and then BC from Head PE. If you ever heard of Head PE, oh yeah, I was yeah. in that band too. Yeah, saw them a couple times. So I've had actually Wes has been on the podcast back when, like, man, probably like 2016. It's been a while. Should, I should probably have him back on sometime, man. He's a good dude. Should too. because yeah. we just did a he just put a book out with oh, our. On staff PhD called Rock to Recovery. That would be awesome, bro. We'll have to we'll connect on that after. That'd okay. be awesome. So, <clears throat> um, so I would do this thing where I I would write like Morgan would write the first verse and the chorus, and then he would move on to the next song because we're doing pre production and we can probably we can we call it filling holes. We can fill those holes later. The second verse, the yeah. bridge, right? Yeah. And so I just was I was hanging out and I was learning the old songs because we were going to go on tour like right after we finished the record. So I'm learning. I don't know, 25 songs for the show, for the tour, and I'm learning 15 songs for the record. Wow, all at once. <laughs> at once. Yeah. And then I'm like, I would have these times where I'd take a break and I'd come and they'd be doing pre-production, and then Morgan was like, yeah, let's move on to the next one. I was like, well, second verse, bridge? He's like, you got anything? And yeah. I was like, ooh, bounce that for me. And yeah. So I would write the second verse and the bridge of se of several songs. Yeah. Um, and, and it was rad, because yeah. I uh, got writing credit, which was killer, and... I got to do this thing, Shane, where, you know, the, the, the vein of seven dust, um, especially with like Morgan and, and stuff was kind of this angry, like, fuck you. Oh, yeah. Right. It was like this pissed off. Yeah. You did this shit. Right. And so I got to actually inject a little bit of positivity. There's a song called failure mm. on the first record I did with them. And I got to write the second verse, which is very brief, but I got to write it. And it was, uh, sorrow was the old way. I won't subdue the blue. Um, and then it was some, I can't remember the, the second, but it was like, uh, you know, sorrow was the old way and I'm not trying to subdue that, but now I have this hope yeah. and I, you know, and trying to go to what was expected of me, you know, by huh. me, by me. And then into like hope. Yeah. Right. And the last record I did with, was with them was called hope and sorrow. Funny enough. Huh, that um, is funny. Chapter seven, but yeah, dude. So I got to have this positivity come in <clears throat> my nature. That's back to the nature. Yeah. Well, in order, in other words, too, so you're getting that, you're getting that collaborative effort and team. It's, you know, when you get to, when you're able to do that, right, create help in that. But what you're saying is you, you were bringing some posit some positivity into this more, maybe an angry sounding uh, music or whatever. And I think that you can, like, there's a, like, I love heart, like underground hardcore stuff too. Like I, and w the one thing I love about the hardcore movement, like one of my favorite bands is Terror, dude. They're so. What? Uh, what's that? Which one? Terror. Terror. Yeah, there and that whole scene is just like there's it's my like my wife will hear it. she's like it's so angry. I'm like man, like you like you listen to like like it's not. It's positive. It's about brotherhood. It's about building each other up. It's about being accountable to each other. There's such this and a lot of those kids. What I love about the straight edge or the hardcore scene too is a lot of the kids are straight edge. Like that whole scene is such a good positive movement. And um, that is a really cool thing to see, especially in today when a lot of us like myself, even growing up, I was bred and or or I was um, I can't even think of the word right now, but what I saw was I need to party and do drugs and drink and stuff. And that was like, okay, and very acceptable. And I never really knew there was a different way until I started to get older. You know what I mean? Even though I had, I had a, a good buddy of mine, Justin Cootie was in a band called um, execution style out here in the Bay area. He went straight edge when we were like 19. And I remember going like, why would you want to do that? That sounds boring. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, uh, but it's, it's cool, you know, and that, that whole movement has grown too, you know, into, into a whole just amazing thing. So I don't know where the hell I was going with that, but it's fun to Positivity is where you're going. That's right. Positivity. Yes, that's right. Yeah. How about this? Hardcore positivity. Yes. Uh, And, um, oh my God, my, the, I just jumped off the noon meeting before I joined you today. Mm -hmm. And, um, the speaker who's my homie who got one year uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he's a Zoom baby, right? So he's like a uh, as my friend calls it, he's uh he's experiencing cybriety. <laughs> cybriety, got it. I yeah. got it. Yeah. Cybriety, yeah. yeah. He had another one too. Zoom baby. uh and it was very clever, but I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, cuz I'm not as clever as him. So <laughs> but um he shared something and he called it like post traumatic growth. Oh wow. Huh. We were all like, yeah, dude, right? That's some positivity, man. And I mean, I I love, I do like hardcore. Wait, what is that? PTG. PTG, baby. Uh, They no disorder to it, bro. No disorder. (laughs) It's like a PMA with some PTG. That's right. Hell yeah. For those of you who don't know, PMA stands for Positive Mental Attitude from the Bad Brains. I I can't remember what album, but HR lyrics. So, um, uh, and he talked about post-matter growth. So I'm not... I do like hardcore music, but I don't know that many bands. Yeah. Um, but I got to tour with Hatebreed. Oh, right. Yeah. They're kind of, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Like the Sick. premiere, you know, yep. or like commercial, whatever. But I mean, just call Hatebreed commercial. So, oh, funny. yeah, dude. Those guys are awesome. Love it. But I remember the first time I really heard them and it was all, now is the time for me to rise. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes. This isn't like, oh, I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm gonna kill I hate myself, you. Right. Yeah. What'd you say? No, until like, yeah, you're right. It was, it's, but it's, it's like positive. Hardcore. Yeah, it's amazing, dude. Yeah, I was in that band Amen, and we did Tattoo the Earth in 2000 oh. tour. Uh, Slipknot, Slayer, oh, wow. Sepultura, Damn. Seven Dust, uh, maybe another main stage band or or, or two. That's but then, so I mean, fun. there was a ton of bands. But then on the side stage, it was like Mudvayne and Hatebreed and yeah. Amen and um, oh, uh, One Minute Silence and uh, oh oh oh. Uh, that dude Zoltan from uh, Five Finger Death Punch had a band called UPO, which I don't know oh, what it stands wow. for, but yeah. UPO. And so it was <laughs> it was it was a ridiculously terribly organized tour, but it was amazing. Oh, dude, it sounds so and fun! We, and yo, we always ended up somehow next to Hatebreed, and we were hardcore. I don't know if you ever heard Amen, the band I was in. I haven't Amen. heard a lot of Amen. I'm going to now though. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Dude. Yeah, uh, I recommend. Okay, so I didn't play on all the albums. I played on the first technically the first three but i'm only credited for the first two What's which fair enough it was that was the when it get to the when it got to the third one it was the casey chaos show which is he was our uh he is the singer of amen but um uh, okay we were hardcore too i mean but it was like we have come for your parents is the record i would recommend to you okay i'm looking it up right now I'm gonna yeah we have come for your parents okay. shannon larkin of godsmack currently played with me in that band as oh, did nice. john Fonestock wow. from Snow. dang I love how you all like all you guys too in that in in different bands and a lot of, a lot of dudes which is awesome too like in recovery and sober now too but it's such a tight knit community of of guys like who support each other and have played in you know worked with each other in different aspects it's really cool to see dude and be a part of too because I get to jump in a lot of the meetings and stuff too so it's it's pretty neat dude yeah really cool. it is. yeah it's really neat yeah yeah so. Where were we? Snot? Um, yeah. Let's hear a little more about <laughs> snot, dude. Like what? So we get to, where did we leave off? I know we went. Uh, well, I know exactly where we left okay, off. Okay. Pick it up, please. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this time I do. Yeah. And so for our listeners, uh, apologies if you are having trouble following, but... Oh, they're going to love this. They're going to love this. This is your boy. You're this doing is how great. your boy comes in. Yep, I love it. It's great. Great. Okay, so when I... We were talking kind of about when I joined... When I was uh, uh, asked to join Snot. Yeah. Right? So I, uh, I drove out to Santa Barbara from Northern Virginia. My boy John had, was in Santa Barbara, but he had like a court case to deal with. And so we arranged it. So he flew back to first court case to like uh, Maryland. And then I drove up and met him and we drove together across the, the across the country. Damn, it's a, so, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a long drive. It's a long drive. Bro, yeah. we did that in 65 hours. Damn. That's really good. Um, and we did stop twice and actually got like some cheap hotels with like the fucking vibrating bed and everything. <laughs> I had to unplug it because it wouldn't, I put wood quarter in it and was yeah. going like, I was like, it stop. Remi- it reminds me of planes, trains, and automobiles. John Candy and Steve Martin. Great. Those, those aren't pillows. <laughs> <laughs> fucking great movie. How about those bears? They're going to go all the way this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> we just watched that, my wife and I, a couple weeks back. That's so funny, dude. What a great oh, movie, yeah. dude. Great. <clears throat> Obviously, Thanksgiving movie. Yep. Um, anyway, so, so yeah. So yeah, yeah we drove okay. across the country. I've never yeah. met these guys in my life except for John. And I didn't really know John that well either. We played in a band together ish side project for shannon yeah where yeah. shannon of of mf pitbulls was the singer we the three of us wrote the songs together so we played drums but we had a singer that was shannon larkin and we'd have a drummer oh here's a little background too huh. so just back up a little bit more from where i'm okay. about where i was where we were go back to 92 93 when i filled in for the guitar player of Wrathchild, got broed down with shannon larkin shannon's like you should play in my side project and and we'll kill it and you got to meet my <laughs> bass player tumor and I was like, okay. Yeah. I would have done anything a dude said. He was like a legend in our, our area. Yeah. If he said, hey, man, we're going to be in this band and it's called Fuck Faces, I would have been like, call me Fuck I'm in. <laughs> call me Fuck Face. I'm in. Yep. Fuck Face number four. That's me. So is, oh, I guess I would have been number three. But uh, so we started writing stuff together. And but we had, check this out, all props to Slipknot. They're dear friends of mine. But we actually had two percussionists. This was mm-hmm. Shannon's dream. Shannon on vocals two percussionists with just kick drums on their sides, right? Mm. And and there was that cool off-time percussion stuff, and then a drummer. Well, we actually stole Jamie Miller from a band in Baltimore called Mary Suicide. Mm. Jamie Miller was the drummer of Snot. Okay. And he was drummer of MF Pitbulls, the drummer of Snot. He started his own band with his wife called The Start. They were called Hero and then The Start. And then now he plays in a band called Bad Religion. <laughs> That's crazy. Might have heard, no, might have heard yeah, that. Just a little bit. Just a couple, maybe a couple songs. I don't know. Bro, he's an alien, dude. He has alien genes. If he's not from yeah. there, he's they, they were like, here, have some. Yeah. And he's like, he's, an, he's amazing. Wow. And he was the same, uh, we called it, we had a, 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 a breed of drummers mm-hmm. called the Slinkback slink back because the way they played was this like <laughs> this crazy yeah. maneuver and the arms were like i mean tommy lee was really like yeah man yeah and not but and these dudes they were new they were like new hybrids of that they kind yeah. of so shannon was really the kind of the kingpin of the click not wow. kind of he was is and so there's like jamie and there's all kinds of guys. I mean, even Joey Jordison, bro. Like we toured with, with Joey. God bless Joey, man. Yeah. How about that, bro? Love that guy. Rest in. I'll say rise in power, Joey. Don't rest like in peace. That. Rise in fucking yeah. power, dude. I like that. So, uh, Jamie Miller was a slinkback, 
Morgan Rose is a slink back, right? These, and I got to play with all these guys. I'm so lucky. And so, and so, uh, uh, and I still get to you sometimes. Yeah. And so, um, we stole Jamie and, uh, and did, and like MF Pitbulls, right? Um, so Jamie was still back east when I was still there when I moved to Santa Barbara. And I went back to the night I got to Santa Barbara. It literally was like 2 a.m. Yeah. The funny thing is, 1 a.m., whatever. We got in, man, 65 hours. We probably slept for 12 of those hours. Yeah. We get there and the guys aren't home. Like there's the snot house where we had the snot house. Yeah. In Santa Barbara. Yeah. <clears throat> East Montecito, 1228 C, East Montecito. <laughs> That's sick. Up, up off of uh, Milpas. Yeah. Behind the Scolaris. I don't know if it's called Scolaris anymore. <laughs> right Scolari's. below the APS. Do you know Santa Barbara? Uh, I, I've been there a couple of times. It's been a while, but I do know Scolaris because that was a, a, a grocery store that was near my uh, my grandpa's out in uh, Reno, out in the Reno area. So that's funny. We don't have Scolaris out, at least in Northern California, we did. And I don't know if they're down in Southern or whatever. But I've only seen yeah. them. I've only seen one. Yeah, and that's it. Was it was on Milpas at the corner of East Montecito. Yeah, that's funny. So you show up and nobody's there. No one's home. So I'm like, yo, I got. I need to take a shower. Yeah. I need to shave my dome. Like I need to tighten my my life up. Yeah. So I'm shaving my head, and the dudes get home, and there's three of them: the the singer Lynn Strait, the guitar player Mikey Doling, and the drummer Brent. Ah, I can't remember Brent's last name, but God you, bless had, him. you had never met any of these guys in person yet. This is like, <laughs> no. you're totally just the new guy. Like, holy shit. Wow. I talked to him one time on the phone and got a tape, got a demo. A tape. They sent me, you know, this like is 1995. Yeah, yeah, love, yeah, it's great. They mailed me a tape. And when I was, you know, and I left. So that was uh, April. Uh, it was uh, Easter when they, when we, we talked Easter Sunday, they mailed me the tape and then I drove out. Here's another rad thing. I drove out at the end of May and arrived on May 27th. So at the first, beginning of April to May 20, we'll call it fourth, whatever, I had the tape, yeah. five yeah. songs, something like that. And so I drove around for like two or three weeks, not picking up the guitar, trying to play, I just listened. Yeah. And I got into the thing, I was like, all right, all right, all right, feel you, okay. That vibe, okay. And then I picked up the guitars and, I, and guitar and I knew all the songs without even, it was rad. I was like, I got it, I got this shit. Right. And, um, and it's great. And so um, we got. I, they got home. <laughs> they come in like a cup, like three bulls in a china shop <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Mike, I'm half my head shaved. Mikey comes in the bathroom. Hey, dude, what's up, bro? <laughs> you want a, you want a cheeseburger? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, dude, it was so great. I was all yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sh I'm like eating a cheeseburger and shaving. I was so hungry. I was like yeah, yeah. Mm, ouch. All right. And then I so I finish up and I go out and I walk in the living room. And there's these guys, and I'm like, hey guys, I'm Sonny. And Lynn's like, hey man, I'm Lynn. You wanna see my new piercing? I'm like, sure. And he, so he drops his trowel, he pulls his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> nice he just to got meet you. Prince Albert, or what's the other yeah. one? Uh, whew, whichever. Something Prince like Albert, that. like through the yeah. head, I think. Oh God. I can't remember now that I can't remember what is, I can't remember which. <clears throat> cock piercing he had yeah go figure i let that one go <laughs> good for you good for you <laughs> and i was like oh yeah dude and then and then we're like we wrap out for a minute and we're like uh they go um hey uh want to go jam and i was like yeah so two o'clock in the morning santa barbara time i just drove 65 hours we go straight to their rehearsal space which is a dump on this street <laughs> called yana nally which was yeah. this I don't know what to call it, a garage kind of thing where we had all our gear yeah. and there was a couple people living there who I guess we trusted, even yeah. though they were smoking crystal meth and stuff oh, and our, wow. our stuff never got stolen. <laughs> and they then there was protecting. a gay bar 
I just want to call it the Blue Oyster because I can't remember what else it was called. Blue yeah. something, I think. And then there was the 101 Cafe, which was a, a strip joint. Wow. I pulled my first ex-wife out of the strip joint, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, so trite. What a, I pulled my first oh, ex. That's great, dude. Great. Well, buddy. But I pulled my first ex-wife. I just, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I think uh, that's, yeah. If you can't see me, I'm just like shaking yeah. my head and smiling. It's yeah, great. Uh, Yes, my first thing. So it sounds like home. a really nice area that you guys went to uh, to rehearse at two in the morning. Santa Barbara was really nice, <clears throat> except for that street. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we jammed, and it was, and it was like you know, it was a glove, man. Dude, and crazy. then it didn't work out with the with the, the that drummer, um, and it was kind of my fault. I was like, this guy's not. I mean, I had just played with Shannon and Jamie Miller, Shannon yeah. Larkin and Jamie. I was like, yeah. we're not gonna do this with. Right, and and I want to highlight. I want to really because because it's this podcast. I had already been in rehab when I was a teenager, as you as you kind of mentioned before. Yeah, when I was sixteen, I was in rehab, and then this was uh, uh, uh would have been seven slash. I was twenty three when I got there, and then a couple months later, I turned twenty four, and so I had been in rehab. Didn't want nothing to do with it, man. I faked it, literally, bro. And I hopefully I won't get too far on a tangent because I'm going to talk about sobriety again. Um, when I was sixteen. And I was, I mean, I was a troubled child, man. I was a troubled dude. And like, yeah. you know, like we are. And I went uh, and I found drugs and rock and roll and the things that I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, oh, I feel, I don't know, feel seen or I feel like I under, I'm being understood and all this totally. stuff, right? Even though my grandfather on my dad's side was a Pentecostal pastor in Southern Virginia. And it was horrific for me. Um, as a child, my dad, son of a preacher, man, atheist, Shane, wow. atheist. there's no God. He wasn't like, fuck you. There's no, he yeah. was like literally, Oh, you know, the guy, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, from N napalm death, the singer napalm death. Uh, anyway, he's got a tattoo on his back <laughs> that says there's like a, um, there's like a, it says religion and it has a the circle and the bar through it. And it says, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> just simple that's how as my, that yeah that's how my dad was <clears throat> yeah on his deathbed dude people were asking him hey ron can we pray with you and he was so sweet dude he said no thanks huh no thanks I'm, and dude i i honestly and i had 12 years of sobriety and i'm looking at him going well that's the most spiritual thing i've ever seen huh crazy no thank you no thanks and they're like oh uh right so i um <laughs> my grandfather had this seminar I am all over the place. My grandfather had this seminar where he brought in an outside pastor from somewhere uh, down there where they go, can you say amen? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And then all the holy, holy, lordy, lordy, all that. And um, and it was all back on backwards messages in music, subliminal messages in music. I was wow. 10. And my sister shared this with me because she, somehow she got a tape of it. This guy was. I remember hearing church. about some of that shit, like and I like like Rolling Stones type of stuff. Like you could play back. I have some an album. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's the it's the one album that's got the. It's like a hologram on the front. It's it's satanic something. The name of it I can't remember, but supposedly, allegedly, there's some backward stuff on that. I don't know. I don't know. Never played it, but anyways, yes, made me think of that. Totally. Yeah. It's on those right, and so I listened to this <clears throat> tape, dude. And I was 10. I love music. I've always, literally, I started the xylophone in the fucking third grade. Yeah. I had played viola already. I was already playing sax. You know, I was a musician and I loved yeah. rock and roll, man. And I listened to this thing and this guy's like, here it is. And he names and he 
plays all these things. ACDC, Highway to Hell. Yeah. He plays Kiss, God of Thunder. Rob you of your virgin soul. Yeah. He plays Led Zeppelin, Black Dog. Well, so those were forward messages, right? Yeah. Like, God of thunder, rock yeah. and roll. Oh, the spell you're under will slowly rob you of your virgin soul. <laughs> I love it. Dude. I love that shit. I loved it. Yeah. Still love it. Yeah. And then uh, I hear this thing, and he plays, uh, hey, hey, mama said the way you move, gonna make you sweat, yeah. gonna make you groove. He plays it backwards. Yeah. Oh, what? Black dog. He plays it. Did you yeah. go into it? Yeah. 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 He, and he plays it backwards, Shane. And it says, yes, Satan is my prince. I must worship him. And I, I heard it. And I went, oh, my God, I'm going to hell, dude. I'm going to hell. <laughs> oh, shit. And, bro, and there was more, way more. The Beatles, I yeah. buried Paul, like all this other. You ever heard that? I haven't heard that one. I've heard on that. Abbey, there, yeah, yeah, I haven't heard it, though. It's on Abbey Road. Uh, oh. And there was some other stuff. I can't remember, but it was all the things I loved, bro. Judas Priest, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was ten, dude. Nineteen eighty-one. Yeah. Maybe eighty-two. And I, bro, I literally woke up screaming, and I would see demons in my room. Ah, like, damn. Yeah. And I was, ah, my parents would come in. Oh, everything's okay, you know. Yeah. And uh, night terrors or whatever, but I'd see these demons, man, and I, I honestly, I feel like I had this moment where maybe my nature came in and I was like, hmm, huh. if they were gonna rip my soul apart or tear me apart, they probably would have done it already. Yeah. And then they were gone. Huh. Right? And then I was like, huh. I'm on a highway <laughs> to hell. My friends are gonna be there too. I was like, oh wow, like right, let's go. Yeah. And then I was like, let's do this. And I started rebelling against that God. I wow. hated that God, right? And so, um, I want so go so fast forwarding into me at 16 years old in rehab, and they're like, God, I'm like, no, yeah, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, because that was who you associated God with was that experience, and I guess I, I'd like to point out, you know, just in this part of this convo, is for me, and I and there's such a big difference between religion and legalism and a relationship with God and spirituality. And that is something that growing up Catholic for me, like I did catechism and, you know, and I always felt like I was disrespecting my grandparents. If I didn't follow that way, it took me a a man, like a spiritual awakening in my own experience to finally realize that like, wait a minute, it's not so much about rituals and legalism and, you know, I'm going, you're going to hell. Like there's man, it's totally, it's totally different. I could see how that, that shapes people's viewpoints of God or of something higher faith at a young age. And then, and then they go down that path because they've been rubbed the wrong way by it, dude. Like that's insane. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. It's not, and it wasn't a personal relationship. Yeah. Right. And so I became so very angry and lashed out for 14 or 20 years. Yeah. Until I hit bottom, um, at 30 and we can get to that. But, um, what did you think of the, what, what's your, I want to hear a take if you don't mind. What do you think the demon part was? That's interesting to me. Like, do you remember seeing them? Like, do you remember, like, was it a feeling? Was it an actual, like, visual or both? Or Yeah, man, I feel, I, I, I see, I see it. I see gnashing teeth. Mm. That's what gnashing I see in claws. Teeth. Yeah, wow. wow. Like, they're going to, they're going to rip me apart. Yeah. Dang. 
It's crazy. Ah, like, and they were in the, they were out here. Fuck, yeah. fuck. And it was, and it was really, it was fear. Yeah. Fear. Totally. And that's the thing, man. <laughs> Again, when I came in 2000, we'll say two, because I got it. I'm class of Oh one. Yeah. By one day. <laughs> by one day. Yeah. <laughs> made it at the yeah. buzzer, bro. Yeah. Um, um, I was this angry agnostic, right? Mm-hmm. And I, this is kind of what I wanted to highlight too, is my nature <clears throat> is that um, I love animals. Yeah. I love uh, children. I love art. I love music. I love cuddling. I love being kind. Oh, yeah. wait. I love, period. Yeah. That's, a, that's the statement. I love. Huh. Like I uh, I, I am there or I love therefore I am <laughs> like, yeah yeah like that would be my little statement I love therefore I am I don't know. and so yeah man so I was so angry and 16 years old I go in the rehab and I'm just like everybody two weeks a re- six week program fuck everybody yeah. and um oh man hold on I get, my gardener's coming <laughs> son of a bitch oh, he's, th- he's right on time <laughs> Thursday two o'clock uh, so hopefully it's not too annoying. Um, I can barely hear so it. I, uh, I was 16 and I was just, they were taking us to meetings. This is 1987. And Oh, by the way, the uh, rehab that I was in Arlington, Virginia at Arlington hospital, I wasn't allowed to do this. I wasn't allowed to touch. Oh, really? Guitar. Really? Bro, not only could I not play it, I wasn't allowed to touch one. Damn. It, but you know why? It was considered drug triggering, drug related behavior. Wow. How about that? Things have changed. Now I'm in a, with an organization called Rock to Recovery. And we take, <laughs> now I take guitars into rehabs. Yeah. Ha! Talk about like wanting to rebel, like, okay, you're going to take everything and then you're going to take my guitar too. Like, hey, yeah. I'm not, I could have, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that gnarly? I can hear it, but it's cool. We're just, it's, it's all right. We'll roll with it. All right. Maybe I'll back off my input a little bit. He won't, hopefully it won't be too long. Maybe yeah. I'll move down the way. Um, we're living life. We're living life, you know. Yeah, life we're is happening it. around yeah, us that's everywhere. Right. Just so you guys know, life is happening. <laughs> um, and this is great that you're in Huntington, I'm in Culver City. <clears throat> yeah. We're here together right yep. now. Right now. So um, I was at a meeting that the rehab took us to, and I literally, bro, I had my back to everybody in the circle. I was like, man, fuck, you know. Yeah. Punk yeah. ass kid, dude. So lost and afraid, so scared, so angry and hurt, and just just on a, like lost yeah. child. Yeah. And this guy comes up and he really is trying to be helpful. And he goes, Hey man, you know, he's trying to be cool. Hey, listen, fake it till you make it. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, nice rhyme. Okay. <laughs> Thanks bro. Now here's where I want to say that we, as uh, people of 12 step programs, AA, whatever you're in, I think we have a responsibility that if we're going to say that, when we say that type of thing to people, we need to let them know what it means because we have all these kitschy little sayings Yeah, that can be pretty kind of like cryptic, like, wait, what? Yeah. F- uh, fake what until I make what? Yeah, what do you uh, I don't know which one I'm supposed to know first. What I'm trying to make so then I can then fake, <laughs> which they don't really mean fake it, which I did fake it. I literally start. I faked it. I lied. I started acting the way I thought everyone wanted me to. And all of a sudden, little Sonny's doing so good. Oh yeah. He's sharing in groups and yeah. going to meetings and you know, but it was all an act. It was, I was faking it, dude. Yeah. 
what they mean, what we mean. I don't say that shit. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or if I do, someone says it like, yeah, someone said fake as you make it. I go, you know what that means? I'll ask them. Like, and I'm not trying to be a whatever. Yeah. He's uh, trying to separate. explain though a little bit. Yeah. But I'm like, well, first yeah. of all, it's not AA literature. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. <laughs> not 12 step literature. I don't know if it yeah. says it in any of it. So what they mean is act as if, meaning do the actions and watch the results. So for instance, if I hired you as a trainer, to, to a physical trainer, or to teach me to surf, I, I would just, and you go, do this. And I would just do it. And then if it was a training thing, let's just go keep it simple. We'll keep it with physical training. Okay. If I just go and do what the trainer says and just do it, it doesn't matter even if I believe that it's gonna work. It just works. I just naturally, I'm, I feel better, sleep better. I'm, yeah. you know, fit, you know. Australian girl can't kill me because I'm actually fit. And the heart attack yeah. can't kill me because I'm fit. Yeah. 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 You can't take me down. Second heart attack can't kill me. But you're just so, doing what you're told. I just, you just do the things. And yeah. so I have, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of, um, I don't know, a contrarian sort of, but I feel like it's a responsibility to be clear. Yeah. I need, I want clarity. Yeah. I don't want like, Oh, don't worry about that. All you need to know is there, there's a God and you're not it. No, that's not <laughs> yeah. all. No, I need to know. I need more than that. Yeah. Well, that's your ego. Is it now? The book says that we were intelligent. We are actual in, intelligent beings. And yeah. it didn't, it, it wasn't sufficient to be told certain things. Mm -hmm. So I need to, I need more. I'm an intelligent human. You are, I'm going to respect you and go, Hey, just so you know, this means this. Yeah. So fake it till you make it means take the action. So people go, uh, people say this thing, they go, you probably heard it. Uh, man, the big book has all the answers. And I go, no, it doesn't. It has all the actions. Mm, that's good. Right? And then yeah. the action, but go, okay, the action's the answer. All right, okay, if you want to, but man, I want to be uh, you know, specific. Yeah. Right? So, scared, angry, sunny, carries that in man and i eventually i drank uh when i had six months oh yeah because here's what happens mm. too sometimes is that people like myself who come into uh, a situation early of sobriety i came in and i was 16 man i yeah. couldn't get booze i couldn't get my hand my neither of my parents my dad had a liquor cabinet <laughs> god bless him my mom has never had a drink she my mom's never willfully taken a drink really? maybe some food with some wine yeah some dessert, tiramisu, whatever. But not like a cocktail whatever. or a beer or anything like that. Never have gone, oh, it, a glass of nothing yeah. by choice because her father was a uh, an alcoholic. Mm. Yeah. Go figure. I don't know if it's hereditary, but, <laughs> yeah. um, and my grandfather on the other side had some things potentially too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> where was I? So 16 year old mm. Sonny, right? Oh, I came in and I was like, I got it. I was like, uh, uh, my name is Sonny and, I'm only an addict. I'm oh. just an addict. Well, you weren't, a, you weren't an alcoholic, just an addict. Well, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know what alcoholic was. Mm -hmm. Even though I was watching lectures and reading books, or they were mm -hmm. reading books at me, I, was, I didn't want to be an alcoholic. I didn't want to be an addict, but I was like, all right, I love weed. Yeah. Weed and acid were my favorite things yeah. in the world. I was like, I can't, I'm going to be in a wheelchair smoking weed and dropping Red Star acid. I wrote a song called Red Star about this acid. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I actually ripped That's off Jimi Hendrix. I was like, uh, I was like, don't know if it's up or down. I stole, I stole from Purple Haze, which yeah. is about acid too. Yeah, which I was actually ahead of my time because all the rappers, man, and whoever, we'd be quoting people, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
I never got into the acid so much. Just weed, though. I loved some pot, marijuana. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah. I liked opening the doors of perception. Mm Mm-hmm. That was one thing, like, when I I stopped, uh, I mean, I still play guitar a little bit here and there. I'll mess around with my son and stuff. But, like, there was this big disconnect for me when I got sober because I always wrote and, and played shows, like, whatever. It was always when I was intoxicated. And then so when I went to get sober... I've, I had like this connection was totally different and it actually pushed me out of really this, you know, I still love music, but like it pushed me out of that and that's how I ended up doing podcasting for a living. But like, it's weird how that happens, man. There's a disconnect there sometimes. And I do, I actually do. And some, some people might disagree with me. I don't, I don't know, but I do think there are doors that open up um, through, through weed, like through uh, different substances that you unlock certain parts of your brain that help you to be creative and create things sometimes. I mean, I, I'm, I think that's true. Do I want to do that? No, I like being sober personally, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think there's, there's a lot of music that has been created on people that were extremely intoxicated (laughs) and it's great, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, we can go so far as to say art. Art, I, exactly. Yeah. Exa- that's, I think that's a much better way to put it. Uh, yes, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like it's broad, it and is. I'll just say um, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Biochemical changes. Yep. Different things are accessed. It's simply a fact mm-hmm. that there's a reason. My eye, your, your eyes, your pupils dilate. Yeah. There's more input, more information. Yep. It's just a fact, bro, that yep. that happens, and. Um, I did too. I did the same thing, bro. I did the same type did of you? stuff. I, that disconnect. Yeah, at first, yeah. yeah. And I had played in. I had. I'd been in bands for. Yeah. Uh, major label bands for. Uh, for um, we'll say six years. How did you got, adjust to that? Like, how did you? Or how did it take a long time? Did you do anything in particular, or was it just like you just kind of had to ride it out? It took some time. Uh, I was in that band, Amen, when I did hit bottom and got sober, mm. and uh, I went on a tour in early. Oh, two. In fact, I had like 19 days. Yeah. And we went and did a tour called the Big Day Out, uh, which was amazing. Australia mm-hmm. and New Zealand. Wow. Bro, it, was amazing. it was perfect. Yeah. I, I was really mostly coming off meth. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, Shit. yeah, yeah, you know, cause weed was making me paranoid. So <laughs> brilliant, just brilliant. And you know, meth yeah. was, I was smoking meth cause you know, it relaxed yeah. me. Yeah. It doesn't make you paranoid at all. Yeah. Holy I just want to chill out, man. Yeah. I'm going to smoke meth and lose teeth and <laughs> lose weight and lose friends. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Sounds awesome. <sighs> man. So uh, I went on this tour, bro. And it was fantastic because there were so many friends. Drowning Pool, God rest Dave Williams, yeah. um, Drowning Pool, and uh, uh, sh- uh, my friend Shavo. System of a Down was on the tour too, and I would hang out with my friend Shavo, who's not sober, um, yeah. and we'd hang out. I, I was in, a, I was placed in a position of neutrality, man. I was, I was safe yeah. for the moment because I hadn't really started the steps, but I was, I was, I was safe, and I wasn't on a pink cloud at that time. It was rad, but I wasn't on a pink cloud. Yeah. I was actually in that space, like we'll call it grace. Yeah. 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 And maybe like some people go, Grace is undeserved blessing. I might have deserved it. I might have, you know, because I was all, I'm done. Like, help me, God. I can't do this anymore. Please help me. Yeah. I remember that. And then help mm-hmm. the inside, you know, because I don't look at God as being like on the, well, God is on the mountaintop and in the clouds and in the, in the core of the earth and in my dogs and also in my heart. Yeah. That's and good. Yours, yeah. That's right? good. And potentially even in a volcano or a hurricane or, you know. Yeah. 
So anyway, um, I think yeah, it goes dude, back man. to, like you said earlier, real quick, I love, like, let my sponsor say that to me a lot too. Like if God is love, then if like for he has sponsees or we've talked to other people who have the issue with God, maybe they had a, a, a weird upbringing and they had those resentments kind of like similar to your story. But if God is love, which I believe God is love, then I mean, that's an easy way to look at it too. For maybe for someone out there listening who maybe is struggling with that, just want to throw that in there. Yeah, dude. And in fact, that's great too, because as I like came back from that tour, I got to yeah. do that tour sober, dude. I went to meetings in Australia and I was a maniac. I went to a meeting when I had 30 days, I was in Australia I went to a meeting and it was in like a psych ward. Oh no shit. <laughs> and they were looking at me like, is this guy, is this a patient here? Should we be? Cause I was like, yo, I got 30 days and I just played in front of 60,000 people and I'm sober and I'm like, Hey, and I'm going to these parties and then I'm leaving because I want to, because yeah. I can and I don't have to. Right. I was so stoked, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, it was great. And then we like, I would go out into the world, man. I had just spent years being part of a band and going on tours. And like when I was on tour with Amen, mostly, uh, yeah, I would mostly the first week and a half, two weeks, I would be asleep for fucking 20 hours a day because I was coming off meth. I was the reverse guy. I didn't throw mm -hmm. down as hard on tour. Yeah. I did it at home, bro. Oh, wow. I lived in Hollywood, Koreatown area, man. You know, my meth dealer lived right down the way. Mm. And then she would come over with GHB and I didn't leave my house. Damn. I didn't leave my uh, room in my apartment. My roommate's like, man, this guy's great. He never comes, he's quiet. And I mean, I play music, but I try to be chill. Cause yeah. I was like, no one can, you know, gotta be down here. Anyway. It's funny uh, the, when you said GHB, this is hilarious. Totally fucking random here. But the first thing I think of for some reason, when I, when I hear GHB is Sebastian Janikowski, the old kicker from the Oakland Raiders. Like that's just like the most funniest thing. Cause there was some weird shit that I don't even know why I put, I had to bring that up, but it's just hilarious. I had this quick vision when you said that anyways, wet, you're in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. GHB. Our, our brains yeah. work similar. Yeah. It's yeah. just so, crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was coming off meth in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would sleep and bro, it was the greatest tour. It was called the big day out, uh -huh. but it was more like the big day off because here's what would happen. It was a festival. Yeah. So, and it was the first show was in Auckland, New Zealand. And then it was like, I think it went to Brisbane, like gold coast surfers paradise was where we were staying on the co on the, on the water. It was oh, great. Yeah. It's crazy. I went to water and shit, man. It was so great. And then we went down and around the um, continent of Australia. Wow. Right. And uh, let me know if, you good? We just started. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, we'll just roll with it, man. It's all right. right. Yeah. Hold on a second. Let me look. Okay. Oh, he's trimming my fucking tree, <laughs> dude. He's real close now. He's real close to the, uh, yeah, there he goes. He's done now. Oh, there he goes. Yeah. Okay. Me, it's uh, okay. It's not, it's, I mean, you know, it ain't that loud. All right. All right. Yeah. Damn it. So okay. he's so rad and I'm so pissed. So, um, <laughs> coming in my yard now yeah we might need like a couple minutes that's cool yeah we can do that oh yeah he's 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 getting after it there Ooh. he's right on the other side of that door yeah right there i do not miss doing uh my yard work and stuff because you know we, we we sold our house not too long ago and like i don't know some some days i would enjoy it but some oh is your dog your dog's on him huh Oh, she's she like, hates the. He, she hates him. I don't. Yeah. I don't dislike him, but she hates him. And I've taught her. Oh, he's <laughs> yeah. He's acting like he's done, but he might run out of gas. There he is. So, so I don't know if you want to edit that or whatever. But he, on tour, yeah. on that tour, I'll I was probably just sleeping. leave it in if that's cool. 
Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't mind. Okay, cool. You push the fast forward 15 seconds. Yeah, there you go. And so I would, um, so the big day off, <laughs> we would land in a city, um, start with Auckland. We landed there. We played the show the second day. But then we had three days off because they had to take everything and move it to Brisbane, Gold Coast. Oh, wow. And they would set everything up and then we'd fly in and we would play the show and then they have to set up, go down to Sydney or whatever's next, yeah. Melbourne. I can't remember the geography, but they would set up. And then, so we had like two or three days off between every gig wow. and they would, and we had ho killer hotel rooms Yeah, and we were the, one of the opening bands. We played at fucking 1 PM every day on the, you know, <laughs> yeah. there was only one stage, thankfully back and forth. Yeah. And then when the headliners came on, it was the whole, right. Or the big bands, whatever. Yeah. Um, there were smaller stages actually. Yeah. But we were on the main stage, but like noon or one. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I would sleep and eat and explore the Australian and, all, wow. and New Zealand cities. And I even, we, our, our Virgin, we were on Virgin Records. Our rep took me and Shavo and Rich Jones, who was uh, the guitar player at the time. He replaced Paul Fig, my homie. Um, we went, she took us to this um, beach called Piha. You ever hmm. heard of that? Mm -mm, I haven't. Bro, black sand beaches. Really? Yeah, it's molten rock. It was lava oh, that turned shit. to rock that eroded into beautiful, soft black sand. Oh, that's crazy. Never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, dude. And I, these, they were, they kind of hung out. I went across this little, uh, like creek because I'm like, I want, I need to go over there and run. <laughs> Bro, I was wearing like a black t-shirt with like, with, with safety pins that had been, I, me and Shannon Larkin had worked out. So it was like said, amen. And that was a pentagram. <laughs> and then I had like, like black, whatever pants on. And then I yeah. had these fluvog, uh, boots that I took off uh -huh. and jumped over this creek and ran as fast as I could in my, ever, in my life on this black sand beach. <laughs> the, the, the sand matched my clothes, which were matched my black soul that I was trying to turn <laughs> into light. Um, and so anyway, man, it was a great yeah. experience. And, uh, and I started to become more aware of who I am and how much I actually love. And so I left that band, man, mm. because it was not conducive to my sobriety, bro. It was yeah. toxic. Yeah. You know, it's the only tattoo I have and it's, I don't know if you can see it, oh, but it's yeah. Amen, and it has, it's a, um, Oh yeah, yeah. I see it's it. It's an American, it's a, it's the, it's the United States American flag and a pentagram over it. Wow. I mean, it is. When did you get that? You got that when you were in the band in Amen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, we were, it was angry, man. It was just yeah. hateful. Right. And I mean, props to Casey chaos, ultimate <clears throat> artist, yeah. you know, performer like Iggy pop, Gigi yeah. Allen, fucking, Henry Rollins yeah, wrapped up like in it. I mean, Rollins. just like, yeah. but he had his own voice too. He has his own voice. It's funny though, too, like how we get, especially with tattoos, there are these, there are these moments of time and there are these moments of feelings and there's moments of identity that we um, identify as or with or things we're going through. And then they're fucking on us forever. You know what I mean? So it, even though we change and maybe we evolve and maybe we're not that same person that we were, there's like this reminder of that time in our lives, which is really crazy, man. Like people ask me, what's your, what's your favorite tattoo? And I'm like, well, man, I don't know, man. I got a lot of them in different places. And like the one tattoo that meant something to me 10 years ago means something totally different today. You know, it's crazy, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Same here, man. Yeah. I actually have, I got this one, which is, it just said, it's, it says life. And then it's the number three one three. That's not an area code. And then there's an infinity loop through it. Three one three is this recurring number. Um, actually, I got kind of keen to it from the bass player of Snot, John okay. Funstock, and Amen. Um, and uh, like at one point, he was like, "Dude, 
this is when we, when we were at the snot house together and I was sleeping on his floor for the first couple of weeks before I got my yeah. room in the garage worked out. Yeah, nice. below, every, below the house, like oh, not even wow. connected to the house. I had to come around. You were down in the basement. Yeah, bro. Dungeon. Yeah. But he was like, bro, I keep waking up at 3.13 a.m. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, and I had this memory. I went, dude, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm weird or whatever, but I have this thing where I don't really do it as much anymore. But like when I wasn't thinking about something in particular, yeah, I would do um, mathematical problems in my head. Interesting. I call them simple because, the, but yeah. maybe they're not. Huh. But I would always do it in integers of three and one third. Oh. And in my head, I would just and I would just, and they were pretty much whole numbers. I'd go three times three and one third is ten. Six times three and one third is twenty. Uh, huh. three, nine times and thirty, and I would just. Yeah. And so when he said that, I went, bro three and one third and then of course Eminem was like made sense yeah and the three and the third uh, uh, everybody I'm the three one three whatever <laughs> but um, but yeah so I had to get that to balance it out bro because I have yeah. just like anger here right and yeah. I was like I need so and right it says life because I'm into numerology as well not as much mm -hmm. as I used to be I found out too that some stuff that I was into when I was tweaking I'm still into it <laughs> imagine <laughs> that like numerology yeah. and astronomy and yeah. you know kind of some like sacred geometry and stuff like yeah. that i'm actually i yeah. like that shit yeah and it's okay it is it's just a and different perspective music and some gangster rap and ghetto <laughs> boys yeah Used i'm a bit i i love old country dude that's like my I, I i don't know if you like uh um a couple artists i love I love Charlie Crockett. I don't know if you heard Charlie Crockett. He's, send me some stuff. Cause I don't, I don't, you man, might send me some yeah. stuff you like. And he's he's like he's a, he's a little. I don't, he's been around for a, a while, but I love Aaron Lewis too from Stained. I love his. I love his new country. He kind of went on a, in a different direction. Love, I mean, man. And then of course Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash. My son's name is Cash. Man, I got Cash tattooed on my neck. Like that's because Johnny Cash. Man, those roots. Man, I used to go to garage sales with my grandma and grandpa back in the day in Napa, California. We'd roll around. Grandpa'd make biscuits and gravy, and then we'd hit up garage sales, dude, all morning listening to Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and freaking the Highway Man, dude. So awesome, dude. That's like it goes back to just music, dude. Music is such a big part of um life in general but a lot of i notice a lot of people in recovery too man i guess that's artists it goes back to like you said artists like art period we're creative yeah. people creative souls and there's this good and bad side to a lot of us i feel like you know i actually um there was a song by papa roach called my bad side and i'd love to ask jacoby one day a little bit more about what that uh you know those those but i i have a feeling that it's kind of similar to that there's this good and there's this evil and we kind of battle that um we, we battle that uh that spirit some days i know i have you know i don't know if that, it sounds like from a lot of your experience and stuff too like you said like i love but then man there's this side of me that is just like i want to destroy and self-destruct and be angry and man dude it's it's weird it's gotten a lot better for me since getting sober and stuff too but it's still there there's a little there's a little piece of it that i don't know man i don't know if it'll ever go away yeah dude i've completely feel you in fact i mean just currently i've been experiencing i mean you you see i mean i'm we've been doing this hour and 36 minutes and i'm still like yeah i love it dude right? i love it yeah this energy is great and so and there is a come down bro there's a there's mm -hmm. the pull the, the pendulum swings and yeah. I have anxiety and depression mm. and regret, and I go, oh man! And I've been going through it recently. Yeah. Turned fifty, a relationship ended that I was hopeful about that just didn't work out, and it's okay. Um, 
some financial stuff, you know, what, is yeah. what am I doing? Life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Life. It's just yep. life, man. Yeah. And I don't blame it on alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I don't blame the anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I don't blame the anxiety and the depression on alcoholism. Here's the blessing. Yeah. I do not have the obsession to drink and use. Mm. Most the important is the alcoholic in his, you know, alcoholic mind would, I would, that would be my, Oh yeah. That would be my solution is to destroy my, to actually destroy myself. Yeah. And I mean, nowadays, dude, I mean, it's, it's actually more like I would probably kill myself before I drank. Dude. That's, that's real. I got to say something, bro. Like it's, it's weird to thank you for saying that. <laughs> thank you for saying that. But like, I got to say, I've had, I have the same thought and the same thing, but I've never, I think I've been too um, scared to say it out loud. Like I, cause I've talked about, man, I'll never go back. I never this, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't have that thing anymore. I, I'm very aware that it's still there, but I think the same thing sometimes, dude, I think the same things. And it's actually kind of scary. You know, it's kind of scary to, to think that, but it's real. It's a real thought, you know, it's there and maybe just keeping it in check and acknowledging it and even admitting it like right now can help, you know? So thanks for saying yes. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. Welcome. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I, it's true. And I, and I, I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone, especially yeah. like with people with long-term sobriety. Yeah. Who've recovered from alcoholism. I'm, I'm that guy too. Yeah. Like I've recovered. It says it in the book so many times, dude. And I'm God bless you. If you want to keep saying I'm, I'll always be recovering. It's like, okay, if that's what you want to say, I live a life of recovery, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I have recovered from alcoholism, meaning that I do not have any at this time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm cured. I didn't say I'm cured. I said I've recovered, which the book says twice in the first forward to the first edition. Yeah, that's good. We have Alcoholics Anonymous or one, 100 men and women who have recovered from a ho seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, period. Next sentence, to show others, and this is in italics, precisely how we have recovered is the yeah. main purpose of this book. Yeah, that's good. So why not claim it, man? Triumph mm -hmm. over alcoholism. I love enthusiasm, it. Enthusiasm, uh, conquer. Like these are words that are in the book. Like we actually conquer alcoholism. Yeah, that's we good, do. dude. I love it. Yeah, man. And I, so there's that. And then I'm again back to human. Yeah. Well, I feel like that back too. To like human. I feel, I feel that, um, I feel God has restored a lot of, you know, and I'm still, I'm a, definitely like, uh, there was a guy, Keith, my, my wife and I did celebrate recovery for a couple of years, man. Step study in there. It was crazy. Learned a lot of stuff. And there's a guy, Keith in there. And he, one thing he said real simple, and I've always stuck with it is I'm in process. He's like, I don't, I never have it all figured out. I don't, I don't claim to, I'm constantly, as long as I stay teachable and open to learning and, and to being in this process, um, you know, like God redeemed me. I feel like that. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, uh, and, and he continues to show me along the way and I'm okay with that. I don't need to beat myself up just to remind myself that I struggled with alcohol and drugs for so long. Like I can be on the other side of that, bro. I love that. You know, we don't need to do that anymore. That's, I did plenty of that yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel you a hundred percent, man. And that's one of those things. Again, I, I already I do it enough, man, with the rest of the things. Oh yeah. I don't need to be like, oh, I'm a fucking I'll always be you know. Yeah. What 
I want to I want to point something out too for those out there listening who maybe you're struggling right now. You know, maybe you're out there and just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Like you just mentioned it, and you have actively, you know, or are or were, you know, going through things still after however many years of sobriety, after touring the world, after you know, creating all these great projects and, and music for people and all these at rock to recovery, which is we haven't even talked about that yet. We got to get into get that. To that. Bit, yeah. <laughs> We gotta do that. And it just, yeah. Um, and, and maybe we can go into that in just a second. Like, but you've done all these things, all these awesome things, but like you still are dealing with life. You still have shit that you got to deal with. You still have things that, um, that, that happen. And, uh, you know, it's part of it, man. And we got to learn to be okay with that and sit in it and have community people, you know, dudes around us, um, ways to deal with it healthy instead of turning back to those old, those old ways, man. Cause feeling sucks oh. sometimes, man, but I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I feel you, man. This is, I mean, this is human, right? Yep. And how about this, it. dude? I mean, really what happened, I'll say happened to me, but yeah. potentially what happens to people when you take the steps and the, which it says will happen, you will have a spiritual awakening and it will remove the obsession to drink and use. Yeah, That's, good. that's the restoration of sanity. It's not, you're like, uh, you know, you're, uh, whatever it really, it actually says we're miracles of mental health in the book. It says that really, I there's I a guy I called Roy. There's a, yeah, there's hmm. a guy called Roy L who's been sober for 40 years. Uh-huh. And every time I see him, I'm like, how you doing Roy? He goes, a miracle of mental health. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's funny. I'm gonna, right? It's a miracle. We've that. been, yeah. Rest- huh? Yeah. I'm going to remember that one miracle. Of mental- I like that. That's funny. Yeah. I'm a miracle good. of mental health. I can't remember which page it's on. We could look it up. Um, yeah. But uh, but uh, the 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 positivity of it, rather than torturing us, torturing ourselves for continuing to be an alcoholic, um, like the restoration of sanity, just it, literally what it's mainly referring to is the obsession to drink and use. If yeah. I don't think, if I don't think that I want to, have to, need to, or I get to now that it's been a while, yeah, or flat out, just don't even know why I'm you're putting it in whatever it is in my body. If I don't think that I won't do it, then the, the, the uh, allergy, as we call it of the body or um, the phenomenon of craving as we, you know, call it allergy if you want phenomenon, yeah, but, yeah. but this physical, like I have to do more. It, it doesn't have, it doesn't have anything to do with how good it feels. Yeah. Dude. How about this, man? I smoked crystal meth in a, bathroom on an airplane in late September, early October of 2001, mm-hmm. right after September 11. Oh, wow. I smoked meth in a bathroom on an international flight going to London. Hmm. And I was brilliant actually, because I, when I was like, I'm smoking, I'm looking at the smoke alarm. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck am I doing? Oh my God, I can't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I did not want to do that. Wow. Understand? I want to let yeah. people know I didn't like that. Yeah. I stopped telling myself, "Oh, I love meth." No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I did at a po- at a point because it did something for me. Yeah. That I was like, "Yeah, that." And then I was a slave to it. Mm. I didn't like it, man. Yeah. You didn't want to do it. Huh? You didn't want to do it, but it was just like you said, you were a slave to it. It was just initially it changed me and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm creative again. And, and then I'm smoking meth on a fucking airplane. 
looking at the smoke detector going, oh, God, I don't want to do this. And then I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with all this smoke? Because it was going to be huge. Bro, I had a brilliant moment where I pushed the plunger of the sink and I flushed the toilet at the same time. Oh, wow. And I blew down past my yeah. things, the twig and berries, <laughs> and blew it in the sink and, try, and, and it dated and the smoke detector didn't go off. And that was then on an international flight. So guess what I got to do after I smoked meth in the bathroom of, of an airplane? Go sit in your yeah, seat. I got, I got to go sit in the chair in the sky. Seat belted to the chair. Damn. That was so fun. I really enjoyed that. Wow. No, I didn't. That sounds miserable. And then I ran out because we always do. Yeah. I ran out and then I had to come down on tour in, in Europe in my bunk. They called me the Lord of Sleep. That's what my band called me. Really? Yeah, because I was in the bunk 20 hours a day, dude, for, for a week or so. I'd get up, eat. Sleep, get up, play the show, fall back asleep. Damn. And then I would sober up, and then I'd be like in my body, and I was like, yeah, right, and I'd drink a little bit here and there, but yeah. I didn't really, you know, I still didn't really like booze that much, but I drank, when I didn't have the things I really thought I wanted, I drank yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I preferred, I don't call it a drug of choice. What meth was not, I did not choose that, dude. Yeah. I, <laughs> I did. Ooh. <laughs> Somebody say their drug of choice is crack. I'm like, you chose that? <laughs> no, dude. Yeah. Why? But if you want to call it that, right? Yeah. Why? If you want to call it that, okay. But I did not choose crystal meth. Yeah. I wouldn't choose that. I didn't get a menu. Yeah. That said, and I picked it. So, um, alcohol. And then again, still, when I came in, I was like, I still was like, I, I didn't really like booze. Yeah. Because my experience with booze was, I was a shitty drinker. Is it breaking up because the video is going a little weird? Oh, but is the audio? No, it's still good. It's still good on my end. Okay. Is the video wait, okay wait. now? Uh, just a little bit, but it's okay. I just want to make sure the audio is good too because that's okay. more, most important. Okay. Um, I uh, I didn't have good experiences with booze. I wasn't. I was a terrible drinker. I, I was a, I was a, uh, a puker. I was terrible at it. Yeah. I made everyone drink like I was forceful, like we're all drinking, and then I'd fucking hit my head and whatever, you know. I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, eh, I'm gonna go this way, yeah. and I preferred going up. So I call it a drug of preference. It doesn't doesn't flow like DOC. <laughs> yeah. Catchy little thing again. This little catchy phrase. Hey, what's your DOC? <laughs> I'm like, all right. Yeah. Because then we can actually be different than each other. If my DOC, quote unquote, is different than yours, then we're different. Than each yeah. other. Oh, mine's heroin. Oh, so we're different. No, we're not. No. That's the thing. The problem may have different manifestations, but the solution is the same. Absolutely. Love that. DOS That's too. The, no, DOP. Drug. DOP. So next time I next time where I say, Sonny, what's your drug of preference? <laughs> yeah, what was your DOP again? <laughs> That's funny. People are like, what? Yeah. So what? uh so yeah, dude. So when I came in again, when I came into the to the fellowship program for real, at 30 years old, beginning of 2002, when I really when I went to my first meeting, I was so willing, dude. I'd been beaten, in, as it says in the book, into a state of reasonableness. <laughs> mm. I was like, I didn't go to rehab. I didn't even think about going to rehab. Like it didn't yeah. occur to me. I just didn't. I picked up the phone and was like, Hey, hey, please, you help me, help. <laughs> yeah. And they told me where a meeting was that was seven blocks from my house. I went to it and I said, I don't know what to do. And they clapped. That's what we do in California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of clapping. That's for, yeah. Hugs, yep. hugs and Everything. clapping. Birth yeah. Birthdays. And birthdays. Clapping That's and right. birthdays. Yep. Clapping and cake. 
<laughs> cake. Yep, that's right. Candles, cake, I, it's clapping, been, it's commitments. It's been such a while since I've been in like an in-person. I forgot about the cake actually until you just said that. So I kind of miss the cake, to be honest. I, I miss it a little bit. Anyways. I would prefer vegan cake myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, <Yeah. laughs> but so um, I had to. I, 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 I had to. I was willing to broaden my perspective and see that the description of alcoholism as a term alcoholism is broad now there is scientific proof studies whatever that addiction to certain like addiction if you will because we want to i mean what you know i'm not in na and i but i I mean i qualify for it but i don't i just don't do na but i qualify alcohol is a drug period it is so people are addicted to alcohol it's a different type of response from the body the blood i mean the um how's it uh the gut and the there's some kind of uh thing in the gut my friend david w is a um a master of of like really breaking down the the science of it oh yeah um oh the blood brain barrier there's that too Mm. yeah so all this stuff and then but but drugs come in through a different way a process but it's again the solution for for those of us like us like me it's the that's the, it's the same solution. Yeah. And so I broadened my horizons, and I or the thing, and I saw that my relationship with alcohol, despite me not really liking it, yeah. When I drank, it wasn't really because I wanted to. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Same here. I yeah drank for the effect. Yep. I didn't drink because I liked the taste. I didn't want to have just one. I have no interest in drinking like normal quote unquote people. Yeah. I don't have interest. That's a one of the things I disagree with the big book on is, or that's not my experience yeah. is that my obsession is to drink like normal people. It's not, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I just want to drink to get drunk. That's what I actually, I say this. I want to drink to escape. That's why I would like to drink. I want to drink to not feel it wasn't and, and, and maybe some social have fun type of stuff, social anxiety type of stuff too, but more or less to take me out of who I am. Uh, don't know who I am already so I can feel a little bit better. You know what I mean? It was never to, cause I like the taste of it. Nasty. Yeah. I don't want that. So it's to, it's to not feel the way that we're probably feeling at the time. Yeah. We want, we just, so it's, it isn't even, I mean, for, for me, it's not even necessarily that I don't want to quote unquote feel. I just don't want to feel like this. Exactly. I want to feel like something else. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. Right? So for me, it was like you just said, escape is oblivion. I want to, yeah. I want oblivion. I seek oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer that over a couple beers with the boys or a glass of wine with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a glass of wine? No. Glass. I need I'm that. Interested. I need that. So, Carlos Rossi the- box wine or something like that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, you were going to say Straight what? Straight to the head. He brought, yeah. Straight to the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I realized that when I drank alcohol, I was not, once I put it in my body, I was not in charge of what. I did next. If yeah. if I stopped, when I stopped, and here's the crazy thing is that sometimes I could stop, but it wasn't up to me. That's the thing. Yeah, and it would fool me. I would think I'm stopping because I, I don't want it anymore. But I was really like, Ugh, feel gross. Yeah. Um. But then there were times when I wanted to stop, and and it didn't even. I couldn't. And then I woke up the next day. Where? Who? Where? Right. So um, we've been all over the place and it's been almost two hours. I love this and I can keep talking, but I want to do want to talk about rock to recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do that. And so real quick, dude, thank you so much, bro. This has been 
so much fun. I love hearing those old old school stories too. I know that there's a lot of people who are going to love that as well. So thank you for sharing some of that stuff. And I think we had some great recovery talk and just sharing. And so thank you, bro, for taking the time. Almost two hours, dude. Amazing. Let's kind of finish it off then with some rock to recovery talk. And then I would love to hear if you just maybe take a minute, anyone struggling out there, like what advice you, you might give them to. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't have anything to do until 7.30 p.m. tonight. So, <laughs> I mean, so you let me know, bro, because yeah. I'll sit here and wrap out with you because I love this stuff, man. I, yeah. I love it. I, love I really it. do. Like, And I'm hoping, my hope is that, you know, there's some type of um, attraction rather than promotion that's Absolutely. going on here. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for people like me or like us or who know someone like me or like us, right? Yep. Um, are like, wow, that's very similar to so-and-so man, woman, or child, or whatever, yeah. um, or them, <laughs> anybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so with Rock to Recovery, man, I got to give a little bit of history because yeah. when I was in Snot, we linked up with a band called Head P.E. from Orange yes. County. Yep. And uh, a guy called Wes Gear was the mastermind and the um, guitar player, one of the guitar players of that band. And we linked up, we started trading shows. Like that's how we did it back in the day, bro. Yeah. We would, we were in Santa Barbara. So we would start trading shows of bands in LA with system of down and incubus and all yeah. these other bands, man. And, um, and then we met those guys and we started doing shows with them. We bring them to Santa Barbara. I mean, it was a party dude. Yeah. Bands. When we brought bands to Santa Barbara, they were like, this is like of the greatest vacation. There's smoking hot chicks because there's a <laughs> college right there. Yeah. All the booze you want, the strip joints right down the way. There's all the drugs. <laughs> oh yeah, just a straight party, huh? Bro, I didn't know what to do with myself, man. I was like, oh, this, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it was great, and it was insane, and uh, so many wonderful and ugh, memories. So uh, we linked up, and we became friends, right? We became, and we started touring together. So there was this one particular tour that was Seven Dust, Snot, and Head PE. Mm. Now. <laughs> Eventually, I played in all three of those bands. <laughs> That's kind of crazy, huh? Yeah. This was in 1997, but uh, <laughs> on that tour, I spent most of my time on the Seven Dust bus because Snot, we were in a, I think we were in a damn RV or maybe even a van. I can't remember. But Head PE was in an RV too. And we threw down, man. I mean, we went bananas with each other. Yeah. So me and Wes would party together. Do, you know, By party, I mean get ridiculous and lose our minds and smoke and snort yeah. meth and blah, blah, blah. And so we were buddies and then I got sober in, uh, right. Oh, two at the end of Oh two, man. Um, I had left amen. I had gone back to work as a vet tech because, hmm. uh, I needed a job yeah. <laughs> and my head yeah. hit bottom and I got the call from the drummer of head P. I always get drummer calls <laughs> to join the band. I'm all great. Yeah. So BC of head P calls me and goes, Hey man, and this was a similar question that, that Morgan Rose would ask me later is, um, hey, bro, so how's it going, man? What's your, what's your party situation? Huh. And I'm like, yo, at the time, I'm sober 10 months. And BC goes, cool, you want to join Head PE? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yes. And he goes, we're finishing up this album, and then we're going to go on tour. I go, all right, give me the songs, give me the tunings. You know? So I learn all these songs. I start touring with them in like uh, late uh, 02. And I'm on tour, and I'm sober. And there, these didn't exist. Smartphone didn't exist. Yeah, you know, dial up in the damn hotel lobby for seven bucks a minute. Mm. You know, in the business center in the, in the lobby of a hotel. <laughs> the business center. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Get on the internet. Surf the web for seven dollars a minute. <laughs> damn, crazy. So I go in 
And I'd look up meetings and go to meetings on tour, bro, and take taxis to meetings. And oh, people would be like, you took a taxi to a meeting? I'm all, dude, I took a taxi to the bar. Why not take a taxi to the meeting? And they'd be like, cool, you need to ride back after the meeting? I'm all, yes, I do. You want to come see my band play tonight? They're all, yeah, what band? I'm all, head P. They're like, what? You're playing with Saliva. You're playing with Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. I'm all, great. <laughs> it was great, dude. So I was already getting on tour. And so, but Wes Gear in the band with me, other guitar player. Yeah. Not sober. And I was hanging, dude. I could go where free men went because I took the steps. Yeah. And I could back out. And the singer was so rad, dude. Ultimately, I didn't want to continue once Wes left the band. I toured with him for a while, but I didn't want to continue. Just I didn't like the direction it was going. Yeah. So I was like, mm. um, but uh, the singer was so rad because you know how lead singers will kind of take over the back lounge. Yeah. Yeah. For people who don't know, bands lead singers usually take over the back lounge if they don't have their own bus. Mm -hmm. Um. So he took over the back lounge, smoked weed, drank whatever. Yeah. And I went to him early and I said, "Hey, bro. So I need to ask you a favor. Every day." I need 20 to 30 minutes in the back lounge. I need some privacy because yeah. I got to do my morning routine. And he was like, you got to, dude. Let me know. And by, and you know, by morning routine, it was like, we're on tour. It was 2 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, yeah. knock and he go, yeah, give me 20 minutes. I go, you got it, bro. And then he'd, yeah. he'd clear out whatever and he'd <clears throat> go for a walk, whatever he did. And I go back and I read my morning meditation books, 24 hours a day, daily reflections. At that time, I was reading a book called 365 Tao, mm. T-A-O, like the Taoism yep. or Tao as people say and a book a daily daily book by Emmett Fox called Around the Year with Emmett Fox and I would go back there and there's a bong here and there's a, a solo cup with beer in it with a cigarette butt in it and I'd sit back there and I would read those books and I would meditate for X amount of time every day Yeah. and little did I know Wes was seeing that shit and so eventually huh. um, eventually uh, he had a falling out and they, he left the band we stayed in touch. Yeah. A few years later, he gets the corn gig. He gets sober. That's right. I forgot and about gets that. The, yeah. Yes. West yeah. replaced Brian Head Welch. Yeah. Who does the who did the foreword to uh, our book, to our Rock to Recovery book. Oh, nice. By Wes Gear yeah. and Dr. Constance Scharf, PhD. And so um Wes uh, and I stayed in touch and we had this, they, they went on this tour, bro. This is so rad. I have to tell these, these this part of the story because yeah. it's so fun. Wes was in, in um, Corn. Uh, Clint Lowry was in Seven Dust. Um, uh, Jeff Fab, who is a good friend of mine who hopefully won't mind that I'm calling him out as sober. Uh, he just celebrated 10 years on nice. two days ago. Um, nice. They were on a tour, I think in 2011, late 2011, and Tommy Vexed uh, was, had also, he had bought him on my, on my, floor in venice really I got some stories about tommy vexed <laughs> i just sent him an email the other day actually about coming on the show and so i had to connect with you maybe later on that he'd be interesting to for talk sure. to you too yeah for sure yeah tommy hit bottom on my floor as you can imagine big boy getting whew, getting oh, sober yeah. wow. in the house yeah. me and my second ex-wife god bless her <laughs> uh, man, ah, god bless funny. her yeah. Colleen. <clears throat> god bless you so <laughs> so um they were on this tour and they would do meetings on occasion, these four dudes. And uh, they called it the SFG, which stood for St. Francis Group because they would read the St. Francis Prayer at the beginning or the end or something. Yeah. I got to join them a couple times by phone, right? Yeah. It was great. And then when they were done with it, it was, oh, Disturbed was on the tour too, I think. I think that was the tour. Anyway, yeah, Corn Disturbed, Seven Dust in this moment. So, um, how's that sound? Is it okay? Yeah, I can hear it a little bit, but it's all good. We, okay, yeah, good. We're good. All right, I'll just go in here. Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, 
God bless the gardener. That's right. So uh, <laughs> he's doing his job. That's right. Life's happening. So um, they went on their way. And then 2011, 2012, I was on tour in um, uh, Europe with Ugly Kid Joe mm. and Lamb of God. We were on a bunch of festivals together. Yeah. The homies from Richmond, Virginia. Nice. Lamb of God. <laughs> I love it. What did you say? I love it. Yeah. 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 So Randy, uh, yeah, he said it in his book. He's, he's sober, and he had been sober for a minute at the time. Um, and we would have uh, meetings on our tour buses, dude, uh, and, uh, or in dressing rooms, you know. And we'd, at the, at the um, Download Festival, we had a meeting in his dressing room. Oh, wow. At this one called Ear Shaker Days in Zurich, Switzerland. We had it on my tour bus. Uh, Ugly Kid Joe in the back lounge. I'm like, hey, fellas, can I? And they're like, hell yeah, dude, do that. <laughs> and then... The next day, Randy flew to Prague and was arrested for manslaughter. Damn, really? If you are listening right now, you might want to fast forward 15 seconds. She's such a good girl. She doesn't want to kill him right now. Yeah. She's looking about at him. About to blow him, the though. leaf out. Yeah. Huh? She's looking at him, though, huh? She's watching. I've trained her, bro. She's so good. Good girl. Good girl, Gaga. <laughs> Just for you know, you listeners at home, if you're still listening. Oh, my sweet dog wants to kill the gardener right outside the window. <laughs> she does too. She's watching him like a she, hawk. I, dude, she used to bark like she. I, 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 I. Yeah. I'm all, Shh. She's being good. She's just chilling. Oh, oh wow. We're yeah. That just got really loud. We're living life though, Sonny. I mean, what do you you know? Hey, we're we're just doing the thing, man. Hmm. Yeah. All right, he's going next door. We'll be a little more, but we'll be okay. So Randy's arrested for manslaughter. Damn. For like, do you know about this about Randy Bly? I don't. Uh -uh, I haven't heard this. The Randall Bly of Lamb of God. Uh huh. Check one, two. Here we go. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I got a little ear noise cancellation here too for me. Here we go. Okay. So he, there was a. I'm sorry, I'm going off on this. You know, you're in it with me. They were. (laughs) They were in Prague like like a few years before, and the security was just the the promoter didn't provide the right security. There were people running on stage. Yeah. He's like fighting people off on stage. Oh wow! Pushing people because they're grabbing him on stage. There's no no security. Yeah. Years ago, and then he you know was pushing people get off me, and then somebody fell, hit their head, and died two weeks later. Oh damn! Wow. The Czech Republic authorities blamed it on D. Randall Bly. And they arrested him at the airport on wow. his way in to play a show there. So that dude. So he wrote a book called uh, "Dark Days," I think it is. D. Randall Bly, lead singer, uh-huh. Lamb of God, where he talks about all this. And um, and uh, here. And so, is that is that better? A little better. Yeah, that's cool. My, I just turned, my voice is quieter too. Yeah, there. Yeah. So um. We started, uh, it was actually Tommy's idea uh, to get the guys of the SFG to do a gratitude list, an email gratitude chain. Are you on any of those? I don't think so. All right, it's the thing people do. Like, I'm on actually three of them huh. where, you know, a group of people. It's a good idea. Uh, guys, you, but for me, it's usually guys, right? Uh, we'll, we'll just have a chain of gratitude, so email thread. Nice. And you just each day or whenever you do 10 things you're grateful for and shoot it off. 10. So we did this and we included Randy. And so he, we were like, yo, we can't go, we don't got to go on. 
social media and be like, oh, we're free, Randy Blah, this is bullshit. <laughs> we didn't do any of that. Yeah. You know, it's not my, that's not how I want to, we want to roll. So we yeah. did this. And he got, he got out of jail a few months later, or got out of prison, a Czech Republic prison. Stayed sober while he was in there. Really? Yeah. Damn. Uh, I think it's called Dark Darkest Days. Dark. I can't remember. Sorry, Randy. The book. Um, yeah. But uh, and he got out. And he's like, "What the hell? What is all this?" And we're like, "Yeah, bro, bro." We told him what it is, and that's still going. Really? There's a crew of us. Yeah. That's Saint cool. Francis group. I have a tattoo on the back of my left leg. SFG. Saint Francis right prayer leg. is great too. Yeah, right leg. Huh? <laughs> oh, I said the Saint Francis prayer is great too. That was uh, one. Oh. I mean, that, they had that in the in the little chapel area when I was in treatment, and so that was one of the daily um, prayers that we would read, that I would read and go to. It's, uh, it's I love that one. One of my favorites. Totally, we refer to it sometimes as the eleven step prayer, right? Yes, it's in yep. the it's in a book called the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions. We call it the Twelve and Twelve, y'all. Yep. Uh, page ninety nine. And not, I look at it like a formula, man. It's like, uh, God, uh, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to do, I'm like going into the third step prayer where there's <laughs> hatred. Let me bring love yep. where there's wrong spirit of forgiveness, discord, harmony. That's one. My, that's my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, despair, hope, yep. uh, doubt, faith, yep. sadness, joy, uh, shadows, light, mm-hmm. right? Which you can't have shadow without light. So, yep. right. and then it's like, let me love rather than to be loved forgive rather than be forgiven let me die and be awakened to eternal life and to me dying is like right now like die yeah. now to this moment and be like yeah yeah it's good Open up, right i love yeah. it so it's like a formula man it's such it a is. balance right and also within myself i try to do that too instead of just in the world where i see hatred let me bring love yeah well where it is in me let me bring love too because yeah, god i hate good. myself sometimes so back to saint francis group so that kept going so wes and i were even more in contact he's still playing corn he gets fired from corn because Brian comes back. Yeah. And Wes in 2012 goes, Hey man, uh, maybe early 13. He goes, Hey dude, I started this nonprofit called rock to recovery. And I was all, (gasps) (laughs) and remember this 2000, early 13, bro. My dog has cancer. I'm in Colorado with my dad. Who's dying of cancer. It's going to die of cancer. And Wes goes rock to recovery. And I go, (gasps) he tells me about it. And I go, I want in. Yeah. Oh, I want in. And he goes, man, well, I'm getting it started. He's, he hadn't even launched yet. He hadn't even done his first group yet. Yeah. Rock to Recovery was formed by West Gear on 12, 12, 12, which for us in the 12 step programs, that's so rad. Yeah. You know, 12, December 12th, 2012. Yep. I mean, come on, bro. And he, and he, he was so, I think he was so divinely inspired, you know, that he woke up on 12, 12, 12 and was like, oh, I got to do it today. <laughs> that's how my dude yeah, did it, bro. He, he was like, I got to, that that's how, I mean I'm like Wes you're amazing, so he did that and when he told me I was like oh I I want in yeah I'm like and we'll go back to Christopher Walken again it was like King of New York where he goes a nickel bag gets sold in the park I want in <laughs> do you know that that's park Frank White you know I, the, I don't I don't I don't remember it but you just did it re- this was a very good impersonation Sonny I like that good job thanks <laughs> Frank White yeah uh, Biggie Small said uh. The black fright, uh, the black Frank White is here to excite, and then he goes, "Throw dick to dykes, bitches. I like them brainless guns. I like them stainless steel. I want the fucking fortune like the wheel." Look at that, Saint Francis prayer yes. to Biggie Smalls. Amazing, bro. Amazing. Love it. I love my life. So I love my life, especially at this moment. Hell so, yeah. I, I want in, right? So, West starts in 2013. He's, he go, what he did is he started it 
the concept is or was to go into uh, VAs to work with veterans. Specifically, he was aiming at veterans. And then he was like, wait a minute. I When I was in rehab and I would break out the guitar, everybody would be like, yeah, man, play some, make up some country song. They just make up songs on the spot. Because yeah. he doesn't, he, similarly, I used to know all these cover songs and I don't really remember all these songs anymore. Like I can play Creeping Death for you or I can play like Knocking on Heaven's Door, but I don't have a catalog of like, yeah, can you play, oh, I can play like Rain, uh, Rain When I Die or like uh, some Alice in Chains. Um, yeah, down in a hole, right? Oh, but yeah. I don't have a catalog of these. So he's like, I'm gonna write songs with people in rehabs and situations like that, and original songs with people who aren't musicians. That was his idea. Not music therapist, but it is a therapeutic musical intervention. Totally. Yeah, and we're also not music therapists, so we have to say that we're not musical therapists because music yeah. therapists because we get in trouble. Yeah. Um, though most of us, including myself. Well, I will be a uh, certified alcohol and drug counselor soon. Nice. A lot of us are already. Yeah. Um, so I started going down and training with him and helping him develop the program actually of Rock Recovery, and developed and developed and then and I and he was so rad. He's like, man, I can't pay you, but I'll buy you lunch because I'm driving down to Orange County from Culver City, sixty miles in the, yeah. at eight a.m., seven a.m. I'm driving down there, and so we and we developed this thing, and then I launched. I launched in L.A. in May of 2013. A, four, a 14, sorry, it was 14. Um, he launched in 13. And this was the beginning, bro. That that period of beginning of 13 to the middle of 14 was like this gnarly tsunami yeah. destructive thing. And then it started to see, the sea started to settle and I had some purpose. Wow. And that thing where I was kind of like starting to like not necessarily want to tour anymore i love the guys in ugly kid joe maybe next time if i come on again we can do this, all this other yeah. stuff yeah. but whit crane my, my one of my best friends in the world toward the world he toward the world with him he was sober by choice so he's not an alcoholic sometimes he's like can i be in the club and i'm all no because you're not planning your next drink <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a little you're different. like i'm gonna be yeah he's like i'm gonna be sober for a while and see what happens and he wasn't struggling he was like huh yeah he was like testing he's like let's see and he's like, shit, I can't be in the club. He's like, I'm like, nah, dude. And then he went back and was like, I bro, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink beers and 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 uh smoke cigarettes and I don't know. Might I might do cocaine on occasion. <laughs> but and it's, but it's like he is like yeah, whenever. Totally different. And he goes through phases. Yeah. So we're not yeah. I'm not like that. So um I was ready for that, dude, and I had some purpose. And so we grew from uh from Wes in like garages to connected to houses in in rehab that are rehabs in Orange County to me adding LA to another guy, Nate Lawler adding in Orange County to Brandon Jordan adding in LA to Clinton Calton in Orange County to, and we started growing, man. And yeah. now over the, since it's been, uh, it's, we're in our ninth year, 2000, at the end of this year, 12, 12, 21, nine years. Yeah. Um, we are four, 15 people. Now we just, uh, uh, hired our first female administrator, program administrator. Nice. I'm over the moon, bro. Because yeah. I tried. I had a few females that I, I was like, yeah, because we, you know, right now, <laughs> or until two weeks ago, it was a bunch of mm, pushing middle-aged white dudes. <laughs> yeah. Most of us have gray in our beards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're 15 of us, bro. There's a bunch of us in Orange County, San Diego. LA, uh, uh, two people in Nor Northern California, including Sabrina, our new program administrator, and Brian Burke, uh, Jeremy Gray in Portland, Oregon, uh, Phil Bogart 
in Nashville, Tennessee. I've met Phil actually. Right. Phil. And yeah. So we, yeah. Phil, because well, I did some, uh, I did some, uh, uh, some work with uh, Americana Fest last. Was it last year or two years ago out in Nashville? And well, it ended up that COVID hit and stuff and all this crazy stuff. So we ended up doing it virtually. But I worked with Phil on a couple of projects. Great dude, man. Didn't, you know, we got to spend oh. a little time together. But yeah, solid. Bro, his thing. Say. Yeah. <laughs> say. Say. Yeah. I yeah. love that dude. Yeah. I got to train that guy Did in you? Malibu. We went to Malibu and uh, and I tried to, got to train him. He, what a fantastic human being. Oh, yeah. We were on a so Yeah, we, we did a sober panel for because when they did Americana Fest, one of the issues that they had had at the time was there was all these like musicians and there was no, like there, there wasn't any meetings going on. So they reached out to the company who had sponsored our, um, uh, sponsored sober guy at the time, um, uh, promises. And then through that promises, behavioral health and like they had hooked up with Phil. And then we, we ended up doing this really cool sober, uh, panel discussion, dude, with, uh, Jane, I can't remember her name, Jamie. Um, she was an artist out there. It was really fun, man. A lot, lot, lot of fun. Dude. Rock to recovery was represented obviously from, from Phil's perspective. And yeah, it was, it was neat, dude. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to get us off track there. That was, Please. that was fun. Good we still talking about it, baby. Yeah. We're still talking about rock recovery yeah. and the thing. Oh yeah. Um, so now we, uh, I mean, we serve, I don't even know how many, dude. We we are a for-profit and a non-profit. So yeah. on a for-profit side, we, we you know, charge places. Yeah. Um, we're program administrators, and we do everything from the damn, you know, highfalutin places in Malibu and all that to, yeah. you know, some pretty low-end places. And then on the non-profit side, bro, we connected in 2014 or 15. I mean, it's a long time. We connected with the Air Force Wounded Warriors. Now, when That's I say awesome. Wounded Warriors, I'm not referring to the Wounded Warrior Project. Yeah. That is another non-profit doing good work this is the air force wounded warriors through the air force we have a a contract with the defense department of the united states of america damn i didn't know that i knew you guys did work with them i didn't know it was a specific contract with dod yes through the dod we have a a contract with the air force and we they have flown us around the world to do this work with uh the wounded veterans of the air force and their caregivers and so, and their kids too, bro. I got to do in 2019, the last, oh, I think it was the second to last uh, in person. They flew us to uh, Rammstein, oh, Germany, yeah. <laughs> to Rammstein Air Base yeah. in, outside of Kaiserslautern, yeah. which you go through Frankfurt, blah, blah, blah. But I got to do this work, dude. So Wes was doing it with leading a retreat in Costa Rica. So I went in a day, two days early, a day and a half early, whatever, set it up. And then I got to do the first day of groups solo and then for and they, they they were like hey we want to do it with the kids and i was all okay dude <laughs> this is my favorite work i've ever done shane yeah this is my favorite awesome. favorite work i've ever done i got to do a group a group with two sets of kids 10 kids and 10 kids and that's a lot um 10 the, who were like mid-teens like 13 to 18 and the, or teenagers and then the other group were a lot of their siblings that were like six to twelve and I got to do Rock to Recovery with them. And I got to write an original song. What we did was the teens and I wrote a song similar to like an Imagine Dragons kind of song with like a, yeah. imagine like a We Will Rock You kind of. Yeah. And it was like, and it was called I'll Still Be Me. And the story was, the lyrics were, no matter what happens in my life as I go forward, whatever goes on, I'll still be me. Right. And this yeah. music sets me free and I'll be right where I want to be. You know, all this beautiful stuff that teenagers wrote and there was singing and there was rapping. And the, so the uh, the teenagers and I wrote the music, 
and we had the first like verse, two verses in a chorus. And then the little kids came in and I was like, I'm just gonna teach them the same song. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna try to like, hey, let's write something. I'm gonna teach it to them. <laughs> yeah. And dude, I was only supposed to do, uh, I think a day with them or two maybe. Yeah. But it ended up being like every day that we were there until this closing ceremonies where we weren't even supposed to do this. We just performed that song at the closing ceremony in front of all the families and all the people on the on the on the base who could fit in the club oh, wow. generals and commanders and <laughs> air force yeah. commanders bro generals are like hey man can can i get a picture with you i'm like yeah sure you got to hold this guitar though here put this on right yes sir put this on please general <laughs> um yeah, they're like yeah. yeah dude yeah and so bro i wrote the song with these kids and this and uh and they wanted like the next day they were like can we do another group with mr sunny oh wow bro come on man and that's not uh that's not like hey let's get sober kids yeah let's recover yeah. that's let's rejoice yeah that's good music soul man yep right and so there's that so we get to do all these wonderful things uh, around the world and then when covid hit because i have the coronary artery disease that we talked about about you know Two and a half hours yeah. ago. <laughs> Two hours ago. Because of that, dude, I was grounded. Couldn't go anywhere, right? Yeah. So I am still mostly virtual, especially now. Man, I got vaccinated and all this stuff too, and I, I, I try to be sensible. But like, I, I really do need to be careful because I, it's, it's a, it could be a problem. Um, yeah. Even if I am vaccinated, I know it can be a problem. So I'm still virtual. And now yeah. we do some virtual events with the Air Force too. And I, and I have a relatively full schedule, thankfully, and I can do rock to recovery. It's a different animal on here. <laughs> yeah. It's more like more oh, about yeah. um, digital production and lyric yep. writing um, and producing a song, making a beat together. Kids love yeah. making beats. Oh, dude, my son, my son's seven and he's already already got him on some uh, different little uh, instruments and stuff, too. But even just on GarageBand, he'll sit on my Mac. Dad, can I make a beat? And so I'll let him sit on there and make some. He, he freaking loves it, man. Kids love that. So he's got a little beat machine, a little Akai, and he'll just sit on there and make beats, dude. It's so cool. So fun to watch, too. Oh, makes me so happy, dude. Yeah. And there's the trick that we have in Rock to Recovery, the trick, which is just the truth, yeah. is that we all have it in us, bro. So we get these some people in Rock to Recovery groups. doesn't matter who, what gender, what age, what whatever yeah. that go oh, oh, oh i don't have a musical bone in my body i oh, no, I, I couldn't see my way out of a paper bag and we and i we usually go who told you that mm. oh my when i was nine years old my dad told me how could you tell a nine-year-old that they don't have a musical bone in their body Damn. <gasps> yeah what a, and i said what a terrible thing for them to say to you yeah. i'm like well, can we can we just play music and that's what i do that's i kind of brought us i brought this thing to rock recovery where we say you're rad and it just came naturally because I like to use that word. It's my love, second favorite word. My first favorite word is yes. Second one is rad. <laughs> love that movie, by the way, too. Rad. One of the best movies of all time. With right the there. exclamation point. Christian Slater, yeah? Uh, no. No, not Christian oh, that Slater. Was the, that, that was, was Gleaming the, the Cube. Gleaming the Cube, one of my, that's like my second favorite. Actually, that <laughs> might be right up there, dude. Christian Slater in a skate movie, dude, in like the late 80s, early 90s. Incredible. Rad was... Um, Oh, I'm totally drawing a blank on his name now. They just did a really cool like premiere. They just read they re-showed it out in uh LA just recently. Anyways, uh yeah. Man, I, wish I was there for that. Yeah, it was just like a month ago. My buddy sent it. He's like, you oh. gotta go see this. But yeah. Anyways, rad and uh rock to recovery. You, you said second favorite word. First yeah, favorite so word. um yeah. When, one day it was uh Bart Connor, Lori Laughlin, Bill Allen. These I just looked up rad on IMDb. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. 
I don't know who any yeah. other they are, but it's rad. Best. With an exclamation point. Uh, <laughs> so one day we were, again, back when I was de- helping Wes develop the, just shadowing him really. And he was, you know, masterminding it. And I was like, oh, well, you know, let's do this. And I was helping out and learning. And then we were doing a check-in at the beginning like we do. We'll do a check-in with everybody because it's a group. Yeah. It's a, like a, you know, not, it's not a process group, but it's a group, it's very experiential. And so, you know, that we started off, it's usually like, hey, say your name. If you identify as addict or alcoholic, do that. If you count days, what do you got? 12 days and everybody and I give we give them shakers and shit yeah and make noise all right and then two things you're grateful for and then if your mood was a genre of music what genre is it mm, right if you want to if you wanted to play any musical instrument that you, in your life what would it be and then when they're done sharing before the next person shares we all go hey guess what you're rad <laughs> and everyone's like yeah and at first people were like really dude and we're like yeah and then all of a sudden they're like you're rad and then they're like, you're rad. Yeah. And then they're all, you're rad. Like, you're so they rad. love it, dude. I love it. You're rad. So, um, back to the groups, man. I trick people kind of by going, hey, look, um, the word play, like people play music, right? So, Jimi Hendrix played the guitar. You know, Tom Brady plays football. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paganini played the violin. It, it's play. What does yeah. that word mean? And I used to ask Siri in front of people, I go, hey, hey. Because I don't want to say it because she will answer me. What does play mean? And she would define it. And she goes, play means to engage in an activity for recreation or enjoyment rather than a practical or serious purpose. Yeah. I'm like, we're going to play. Like if when we were kids, you go, hey, you want to go outside and play? Dude. Yes is the answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the best. Hey, can Josh play? Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I don't know how to. No, you just went and played. Yeah. You had fun. And there was... And it wasn't a free-for-all. It was like, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to an obstacle course. Okay, we're going to run across here, jump across yep. the thing, right? So we play. Yeah. These are the rules. I had my force shield on when you tagged me. No, you didn't, right? Force field, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you didn't have a force field. Oh, yeah. Right? We're playing. And so that's what I said we're going to play, but we're going to play with music. If we had a ball, we could play with it. Kick it, hit it with our head, throw it. We're going to play with guitars and a keyboard and words yeah. and melodies. And then we end up playing. And dude... There's magic, bro. So we have a SoundCloud page. So what we do is we go in, we have a little bit of a check-in, and then we develop a song together. We have have people play the keyboard. We write on the keys. I'm telling the secrets, but we write on the keys with with dry erase. And then one, two, three, four, different colors for verse and chorus. Verse is red, chorus is blue. And then you can switch one, two, three, four. And there's a drum machine, or I use like a a website called Soundtrap. Yeah. But you can, and we play. And then... We write a song, and dude, we have over twenty thousand songs on our SoundCloud page because Damn. we record the song. Yeah, wow. And we put it on SoundCloud. Twenty thousand songs. It's more than that now. So, so then that way, though, anyone who participated, they can go on and they can hear their own song on SoundCloud, and they can share it with their friends, their family, whatever. Right? That's freaking amazing, dude. You exactly. Know, you know what else, dude? I just want to point this out real quick. Cause this is one of the things I love and I, I, I continue to preach this and I'll continue to do so. And I try to act on it the best I can in my own um, recovery and just live in life too, is that we were talking about play and dude, there's something about finding that childlike spirit in us again. Cause when we become adults, at least for me, we, there's a lot of things. Number one is dudes. We hate sucking at things. Number one. So we get, we start getting older and we don't want to try new things because we're, I'm good at this and that, and that's all I'm going to do. I don't want to try new shit. Cause I don't want to suck at it. And so we lose like that childlike 
experience of when we were kids, we were so free. We get responsible. We got bills and with this and that. And life just kind of like sucks you in, dude. And then before you know it, you're just lost and maybe addicted or you don't. There's all kinds of things going on. We go back to finding something that we truly enjoy to do as a kid. And then it unlocks this whole new experience. And even if we suck at it for a while, who cares, man? Let's just play. Let's just play. Let's just have fun, you know? So I freaking love that, dude. You're unlocking something in people that has been bottled up and maybe they haven't been to access since they were kids, maybe, you know? It's really, mm-hmm. really cool, dude. Love it. Yeah, and especially people, exactly. All oh, that's beautiful. You get it. Yeah. You get it. And that's exactly what happens. And then people who are like, no, I, I thought I didn't have a musical bone in my body. So all yeah. of a sudden they're singing <laughs> in key yeah. words that they wrote that are yeah. rad. Yeah. Or fun or funny or stupid, whatever. Yeah. Because we get the greatest array of topics from like, I don't know, dead worms to <laughs> I lost my child oh, wow. when I was on heroin and I and I am trying to get them, you know, or my yeah. dad died, whatever, you know, or my screw, friend Odid, like Screw you, dad. I didn't have a musical bone in my body. <laughs> it's like saying, yeah, dad. it's like a total hardcore song, dude. <laughs> dude, I wrote a That's song funny. years ago with these kids, uh, literally teenagers, um, Called F E A R, okay, and I, I'll tell you what it means. But they came in one night and they were all, "Hey, Sonny, we want to do a screamo song." Mm. And you know what I did? I actually I kind of went hardcore. I went like that positive hardcore, and I was like, "Okay, yeah. so if we're gonna write it, we're gonna I'll give it to you, but you got to come up with some lyrics that are like positive, yeah. like ah, uh, like crushing the fear yeah. and all this thing, right?" And so the the F E A R instead of like. Um, uh, false evidence appearing real or even yeah. like face everything and recover mm-hmm. it was <laughs> these kids were screaming <laughs> all girls too oh, shit. fuck everything and rise <laughs> I love it <laughs> dude it was like fuck everything and rise <laughs> fuck everything and they were screaming into this mic dude all of them there was I think there was four of them three of them on the mic one of them on the keyboard playing bass and I was playing guitar and it was like I mean just like yeah heavy that and they're screaming fun. and I called and I like made sure I texted the therapist I'm like oh yeah is that cool and they're all Sonny get it out of them <laughs> <laughs> please get it out of them yeah. now so I was, I was not glorifying oh, yeah. drugs or hurting people or misogyny no. or whatever abuse of any kind let it out y'all yeah. all, thank you let's go so um, yeah those are the things we get to tap into man awesome. and so we also have an annual event we haven't had it obviously since 2019 because of the world but um so for four years running we we had we did and we're scheduled for next july uh july 7 of of 21 to do this rock recovery event we always do it at the fonda theater you got to come next year bro oh yeah i'd love to yeah be awesome and we and um uh maybe this that sober guy podcast could be a sponsor of rock recovery five that'd be awesome love it let's talk about yeah Yeah, so we uh, hold a show man at the fonda and um most of the people that are in the crowd are actually either in treatment, like in residential treatments from all these great places like Cliffside, Malibu, to the, it used to be the called Foundations, the Canyon, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all these places. Uh, Visions Teen, they bring all their kids and they spawn. Uh, Resolutions yeah. Teen, it was, I mean, and this was a bunch of people, a bunch of like newly sober people. Claire Foundation, which is a which is a one of our nonprofit places where we've been donating yeah. for them for five years, and um. Or more now, six years. So this is the, and then we have rock stars and we do a couple of awards. You may have seen this. I don't know if you did or not, but we honor people uh, each year. 
um, for like the service award and yeah. for the icon award. So we've had everyone. Mike Ness was the first guy. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. Then we had Corey Taylor and, and Wayne from Slipknot and Stone Sour and so many other things. Yeah. And, and uh, Wayne Kramer from the MC5. He has a thing called the called Jail Guitar Doors, similar to what we do, but in jails. Oh, nice. And then we had like uh, Moby and Tommy Vexed. And then we had uh, John Feldman and Katie Seagal last, oh, wow. last time. Yeah, that's cool. And, yeah, and then they performed too. <laughs> I got nice. the jam with Moby, dude. It was so right. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, this DJ yeah. guy. He loves playing guitar, yeah. man. He loves it. That's cool. And Mike, some Mike Ness. Too. I love some Social yeah. Distortion and some of his uh, um, solo stuff too. I think I have one of the record. He did a couple of solo record out or solo yeah. albums. Um, it, but that he, he called, yeah, he called it out. He was like, if 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 I didn't get sober, there'd be no Social Distortion. Really. Oh wow! He called it out on that yeah. in his acceptance speech. Yeah, <laughs> we had this janky cool. little trophy that we gave him to. For, and we, the second <laughs> that we saw him, we were like, "Oh my god, we have to step it up here too." He probably was like, uh, like number one dad," but it was like, <laughs> "That's hella funny." Oh man, you guys still I mean, work that, with you guys still work with foundations, by the way. I we I, don't. That's where I initially met Wes in person because foundations was our like they. Um, they, and they did a lot of reorganizing, reorganizing, like a lot of big companies did. And so they were no longer a sponsor of ours, but they sponsored us for the, that was like our first, like my first kind of was going where I got into doing conferences and like live podcasting at all these big health, uh, and, uh, conferences, behavioral health down in San Diego and went to Nashville. And so it was such a good time. That's actually where I met Wes in San Diego at one point. Um, and it's been cool to watch rock to recovery too. just slow. Like, I mean, over the years, you're almost at that 10 year mark too coming up. Up, which is amazing like there's something about the 10 year mark from what i've heard um i think it was chris bell i had on the podcast he did bigger faster stronger and leaf of faith his his um brother was a pro wrestler and so they've been on um uh rogan a couple of times but he was talking about how when you start something one of the hardest things is consistency and sticking with it because most great ideas and businesses they they can't outlast that time and he said there's a 10 year mark where you get to the 10 year mark i think he's, he's talking about his dad was telling him this and he can explain it much better than i can but it just made me think of that when you, when you hold on and you continue to put the work in and you you show up every day and you you do good work and um if you make it to that point there's something there's like a new experience that comes on after the ten who knows i don't know i think it's i think it was something cool to think about though and he had some examples and stuff that fall that but you guys are coming up on that man just doing amazing work continuing to grow and uh, it's really really cool to see and if, if sober guy can ever be a part of that absolutely man i would jump at the uh awesome opportunity for that so Please. thank you yeah bro. man we have plenty yeah. of sponsorship opportunities yes that's available. amazing yeah in fact <laughs> some of that stuff that you're talking about right there yeah um is so on point because we've been doing this for oh, quite some time. We've only had four events, you know, with the exception of the last. Two. We would have, this would be Rock Recovery six if we, yeah, if COVID yeah. whatever. But um, uh, so it's just been a few years, and but we've been digging in for a long time, man. And as as band guys, you know, we we haven't been able to like procure those kind of sponsorships from like different like string companies like bands yeah. can do. Like they just they're like oh, yeah. yeah. So there's like a little bit here. They're like, here's some, here's like a janky guitar Fender. Thanks. And, and great. Okay. So maybe we're starting something. Yeah. But my, I have a bro who um, owns a, uh, a, a company called Signature Tracks. And uh, he's a, he's amazing. And Signature Tracks is a, uh, it's a sync house. Uh, like a, uh, they provide uh, uh, music for 
just about every show, just about every hip show that you, you're watching right now, my man yeah. Russell Howard from Signature Tracks oh, and wow. his crew is doing the music. Wow. Well, I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, man, let's talk about me sponsoring. I was like, oh, crap, yeah. And yeah. then he goes, I, I want to, I want to bring on. I want to try to bring in ASCAP, which, if you don't know what ASCAP is, it's uh, the American Society of Composers and Publishers. Mm-hmm. That's a royalty society. They collect royalties from album sales, all these other things. These we, the ways that people make money off of writing and, and yeah. putting music out. These guys collect it and give it to us. I don't know why there's they're the middleman, but there they are. There they are. Tin Pan Alley. That's where it started. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. story later. But they he talked to paul williams the owner i mean sorry not the owner the president of ascap and he told me on monday he's like hey man we want to come in as a as a, as a co-sponsor oh, nice, for rock every five and i was all and, and my i told wes wes was like dude <laughs> first of all he's like thank you bro because it was yeah. i brought it into the tape on the table and he's like yeah bro to have ascap like on our step and repeat you know to yeah. that's like that and man we're this is service man like yeah, yeah, we absolutely. provide so much free Rock to Recovery to a bunch of places. It's a place in Northern California called Magnolia Women's Recovery. Mothers who are trying are getting off, and they have their kids. And I'm doing virtual sessions with them, two different places on on Zoom, and their kids. And we're writing songs together, man. Oh my God! Yesterday, Tuesday, I wrote this uh, song with them. It was like a um, like a bluesy kind of. I kind of ripped off Gary Clark Jr. I don't know who that is. Oh yeah, I love him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what song it is, but I totally ripped off this riff of his and played it on acoustic. So, (laughs) but it's not fun. Sorry, and they were writing this bluesy, beautiful, and there's a lot of ethnicity in there, and they're yeah. and they're like, and so these two women at two different houses on Zoom uh, were singing these beautiful melodies about, you know, I miss my kids, and I'm gonna do what's right, and I'm gonna get them back, and that shit'll be tight, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, it was beautiful, bro. Yeah, and uh, that that song is on SoundCloud too. Um, where do so where yeah. do so where do people go if they want to hear any of those songs? Where do they go? Yeah. Where can they go to? soundcloud.com slash rock to recovery oh, okay that's easy enough. Yeah. i'll put that in the show notes too with it with the yeah. links in there yeah soundcloud.com slash rock to recovery we also uh, have our website obviously rock to recovery.org because we are a nonprofit. um and so you know we have donations oh we didn't talk about breath work bro oh i know we didn't you do a breath work class on what saturday saturday mornings yes yeah. so when covid hit I had just started really, actually, I held my first in-person breathwork group the week before the lockdown. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I just got certified, just got trained up, and I was starting to, you know, ready to do the things. Yeah. I had done some, in, some, some privates, and I was ready to do. And so then we went virtual, and Wes, was, Wes had the idea, man. He's like, yo, let's, let's do a weekly group. And uh, myself and I, I had a partner for a while. So we did it. We started on Saturdays, and it was doing so well. And it's donation based. We asked fifteen dollars, but please come yeah. if you if you can. We we just want people to experience healing. Yeah. It's provided by Rock to Recovery. I still get paid. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so you're not taking money out of my. You're giving me yeah. money. Yeah. And even if you don't have any to give, thank you, Wes. Thank you, Rock to Recovery. And so um, we launched it on uh, in April of twenty. Uh, me and my uh, partner Elsa Karinke, my breathwork uh, colleague. Um, we started doing two days a week, Tuesday and Saturday, and we rotate. And then once things started going back to, well, normal, whatever that is, yeah. we whittled yeah. it to Saturday and only I do it now. Got it. Um, she'll sit in on occasion. Um, but uh, breath work, if people don't know what it is, it's an active meditation. You, you don't, you've done breath work, Shane? I haven't done any breath work, no. Heard a little okay. bit about it, haven't practiced it yet. Probably should. Probably should check it out. Sounds it's, interesting. 
it's something, bro. It's it's yeah. it's kind of in between uh, mindfulness and yoga. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> like the CrossFit of mindfulness. Yes. So the, the concept is ancient. Mm-hmm. First of all, nobody invented, it, especially like some you know Cal- Southern California <laughs> fucking <Yeah. laughs> spiritual. So spiritual. Yeah. Uh, we are just people who want healing, and sometimes mindfulness meditation doesn't work for people. Yeah. Trauma. Uh, I can't still you're talking about I can't sit I can't sit that's okay. how I am yeah I have a, I struggle with that yeah try this we do this thing you lie on your back mm-hmm. it's a two stage inhale and an exhale all in and out of the mouth so what happens is you're lying on your back call it shavasana if you know yoga just you're lying on your back corpse pose all, mm-hmm. call it you know, and you just lie on your back uh, yoga mat if you need to support your your knees you know your uh-huh. lower back you can put some support there not too much of a of a slant to your to your head because you want to have the spine and the uh, the trachea straight, right? Okay. And so you, you're, it's a two-stage breath. So you're, we're breathing into our belly, which is, call it lower lungs, whatever. But we're, dry, we're kind of bringing in energy, driving energy and oxygen and, and prana, whatever you want to call it, into yeah. the lower belly. Oh, wow. Aiming wow. for that. Four finger widths below your navel. Okay. Breathe into the belly. And you, so they take this breath. And it's funny. It's like I guess it's like a half breath and a half breath because it's two inhales. So you go in the belly and then you go up into the chest. And you oh, exhale. Wow. So it looks and sounds like this. That's belly, chest, exhale. All in and out of the mouth. And you get a rhythm going. Huh. Yeah. And, and so I, we can, I can give you some details and help you out. But we would yeah, be on our cool. backs, right? I just started to get a little bit of reaction already. Like I started to feel a little yeah. lightheaded. I was like, yeah. And I did breath work this morning for 30 minutes, like my uh-huh. own practice. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that started feeling good. So, uh, man, for people who like to, like to get high. <laughs> you can gross. naturally, you're not, you're almost, it's almost like a natural high. Dude, and it's different than exercise. It's like exercise. Yeah, those endorphins hitting the brain, like just getting, yeah. Dude, hitting huh. the hypothalamus. Yeah. All the things, bro, the pineal gland, bro. You're yeah. knocking some stuff out the park. And it is an exercise. We call it an, an active meditation because we are trying to, we're not trying to uh, calm ourselves. We're trying to activate the body, mind, spirit, or ultimately spirit, mind, yeah. body. Do you always do it laying yeah. down? Is that the is that the main way you do it, or can uh, you do it? You can do it however is comfortable to you to some extent, as long as it. You don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, you I, don't have to do it lying down. You can close your eyes if you want. You can put a eye pillow over. You don't have to. You can, sometimes yeah. people. So what happens is we're starting to bring in all this oxygen into the body, right? Energy, not just into the lungs, right? Yeah. But bringing it in to the body and like purposefully breathing with intention, right? Yeah. And what it some of the um, benefits that are pointed out are that we start to discover in our, in our bodies blocked or stored or, or, or um, stuck energy, okay. trauma, injury, uh, surgery, uh, grief, all the things, right? Yeah. Ooh, we find them in different places. Um, I discover, I know exactly where mine are and they're still there, but I'm breathing. I breathe through them. Right. Okay. Um, mine's in my, Lower belly, <laughs> go figure. Second chakra, if you will, and then behind my heart, which I have a heart issue. So right, go oh, go figure. Wow. Yeah. And I so I breathe into these things, right? And um, what it can do is it can help you first of all get in touch with it, experience it, feel it, like we we're talking about, feel uh-huh. the pain, feel yeah. the, and breathe through it, 
with an air of safety, like, you know, especially in person, I can, people, I'm with you or yeah. someone's with you, but virtually also, like, I am with you, I am witnessing you. There's something about being witnessed. You probably know the, you ever uh, heard the double slit experiment? Uh, it did not ring a bell. Okay, it's, it's um, quantum physics. And so it's, they would shoot electrons at this, at this wall or whatever that had two slits in it. Okay. And if they, and if they weren't observing it, the electrons would hit the, the wall behind it in like these random ways, like you'd be like, bing, 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 bing. like if they, if no one was watching, literally, it was to see if uh, if if uh, energy reacted differently when observed or not. Oh wow! So when they right, and so they would take their, and then when they were observing it, filming it, they would start to take certain shapes. They would be like, it would be huh. actually organized. It's it's bizarre. So there's a that witnessing factor. Yeah. That that comes into play. I mean, this is amazing, man. Where two or more are gathered, bro. Yep, hundred on that. Right. Yeah. Right. We're witnessing each other. I yeah. feel seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I see. I see you. People do want to be seen too. They want to be seen in um, acknowledged. I think. Um, man, yeah, it's just funny. Like, uh, you just made me think of this. Even in that, want to be seen. Sometimes maybe we'll see somebody who's on the street, maybe holding a sign. You know, maybe they need a little money. Maybe they need something to eat, whatever. A lot of the time what they need is just, hey, how you doing, man? How, you know, how how's your day going? What's your name, man? I'm Shane. Good to meet you, man. You know, like they need that human connection because back to what we spoke of earlier, we're all human beings. <laughs> when we can feel that, um, man, yeah, the money, the food, whatever, that's great. But man, just like, let me be seen. Let me know I exist. Something in the heart right there, man, is killer when we don't feel that. That's good, dude. I'm glad you brought that up. That's cool. Yeah, man. And even in the, as the witness as well, bro. Yeah. As the one seeing, like even if like, hey, man, how you doing? Ah, I got twenty bucks or yeah, I got twenty cents. You know, <laughs> I don't, yeah. bro. Hope you have a good day. Yeah. Like, still be rad. Yeah. And even if, right, maybe it, you know, there's some kind of effect happening there. Totally. Hey, totally. Man, hope, you're, hope you're good. Yeah. And then some people, I've I've done that. I do that often. I that's one of my I like to do that. Yeah. Specifically, exactly what you said. Hey, bro. Yeah. Or hey, whoever it is. Hey. And they go, yeah. oh, hi. Yeah. Hope you're hi. having a good day. And just keep walking. They're That's like, it. yeah, you too. Yeah. Just a way. Because everyone else just, is walking. I, yeah. Well, like I was pulling out of, and normally I would, so I'm like big on this too. I, I never talk about this stuff, like trying to gain accolades from it either. So I just got to feel like I want to say that just because it's not, it, it's not in me. It's not Same. biblical too. Like, I just, I don't believe in that crap, but we're on the conversation. It is re relative to the topic. Like I was pulling out, went to the old target the other day, right? The fame, best store ever for the family, right? Got to grab, pick up a couple things, you know, whatever. So I go in, get my stuff. I've been to the same one a couple of times. There's a lady that sits out there. I've seen her before. She's in the middle of the thing, sign, you know, um, asking for some help, whatever. And just the, uh, you know, and just pulling out of that and just waving and a smile, you know, just acknowledgement. Um, and she, she waved back and just smiled. You know what I mean? And like that, I could see all of the other stuff didn't really mean much, just the smile, you know what I mean? To her, I could see, I could yeah. feel it. You could feel that energy, that connection right there. And that is the cool. Yeah, that's it, man. Just like, Hey, how you doing? I'm a human. You're a human. Uh -huh. Two different experiences going on, um, you know, but that's it. Just, I don't know. There's something about that, dude. And I think, and oh, my, my point to that was, is that um, the majority of time, a lot of people, and I, I'd be a liar if I said I'm not guilty of this myself because I have been before, we just drive right by. 
we don't make eye contact. We don't make any, because we, we don't want to be either bothered with it or we don't want to acknowledge it maybe because it's uncomfortable or because we feel guilty or bad, whatever the feelings are. But man, it doesn't have to be like that. Maybe it's just a simple hello. You know what I mean? I hope I don't sound yeah. like I'm on a soapbox right now, but that's, it's something that um, I try to get better at. You know what I mean? Try to get better at that for sure. My phone is Me just too, like going off the hook right now. Sorry, man. I don't know if you heard okay. that or whatever. But. I don't hear it. Yeah. I will admit this. <clears throat> I am I, I am mostly the guy who says hi. And yeah. but then that's some of the like uh uh off ramps, the guy with the sign or yeah. whatever. Like I'm like <laughs> I'll try to say I'll I'll actually I'm admitting this because I'm <laughs> rad and I'm also bunk. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we bro. did talk about this earlier. Yeah. To reference Whit Crane, <laughs> you're rad and bunk. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's he'd say that he's literally goes, I'm I'm pretty rad and yeah, bunk and a bunk lot. Sometimes you know? too. And so yeah. I'll actually position my car so that the, the thing with the door right there is like, so they can't see my eyes. I, I do it, man. And it's then I also only, say hi. I'm only dying because same, same. Shitty too sometimes. Human. Yeah, yeah human. And it's funny. We have this thing um, uh, the, or there's a, there's a guy that we see down here in, uh, in Huntington sometimes and I crack up. His sign just said, uh, what does it say? It, it, it's hilarious. It says, I just need a piece of pizza and a beer. And maybe a cigarette. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. I love your honesty, bro. I can't remember his name. It's, we've seen him down there a couple times. But yeah, just fucking honest. Like, it's all I want, man. But uh, yeah. That's, a, so. that's the evolution of why lie I need a beer. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's another It's another level of that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah a slice of pizza. And a beer. Yeah. Maybe just a cigarette. Maybe a cigarette. I don't know, whatever, whatever you can spare. Just, just like, let you. If there's a thing like that's on this list that you could provide... I'll take it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Freaking Love great. that. It's so much more yeah. than just why lie. I need a beer. That's very clever. But yeah. then people start doing a lot, and I'm like, eh, you're not that clever. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Um, so uh, with breath work, man, um, I play music. We play music for people mm-hmm. while it's going on. So I do this thing, and uh, I don't know a lot of breath work facilitators who do this, but maybe some do. But I will um, really help people try to anchor the the breath with a rhythm. So if we get like a, cause you're doing two inhales. So it's like, yeah. So I, so what I'm doing is I'm counting four. I'm like, Oh wow. It could be slower. It could be right. So it depends on the tempo of the song. If you need an anchor plus at the beginning of it, this is the masculine or the resistance stage where, where it's like, Oh, the mind's like, Oh, this is too much. Oh, I feel lightheaded. My, Ooh, my hands are tingling. Like there's body stuff that happens, man. Yeah. A thing called tetany where we get the claw. Your hands will actually do this weird stuff really? where it claws up. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, and you know, and then they're like your throat or like you feel some tingling in the weird places or lightheaded. Right. And so this is all natural. Naturally, your body's being over oxygenated. What is that called? The, the claw? Because I had a buddy of mine who he would get super drunk and he would pass out or he would be by the toilet and he would go into the claw state. I never knew that was a thing. I just remembered that. I haven't remembered that in years, but yeah. What's it called? You said there was a name for it? Yeah, I don't know if he has the, the same. He's not. He's probably not over oxygenated. <laughs> what the hell that was? But that's literally what he would do. He'd go into like a claw, and we'd be like, "What the fuck is he doing right now? How does? What is that? He might be having a fucking seizure." I don't. He, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Anyways, back to the breath work. <laughs> that's called. That's called grand mall seizure. <laughs> that's called you are fucked up. <laughs> Alcohol induced seizure. Yeah, it's called tetany. What it is okay. is when the body's over oxygenated. Got there's it. 
literally the cells are just it's completely over oxygenated and, and so things tighten up yeah. mainly a lot of times in the hands or the lips dude people will be like oh, wow. lips will go. this happened to me early and what happens is trippy because it doesn't happen to me anymore huh. it used to I used to get all lips were like this I couldn't over huh. and my, claw, my hands are clawed and so this is where I say science and spirit kind of blur because you can name tetany yeah. But then also like, okay, so there's technique, but what else, man? Are you, am I hanging on to something I need to let go of in the hands, yeah. right? Yeah. Do I, is there something I need to say? Like, is there a word or a name or a thing? Do I need to go, ah, because my throat keeps, <clears throat> you know, getting clogged up or my, my heart feels cold. So do I need more warmth in my heart, you know? And so that's kind of the things where we kind of uncover and discover and, and get to improve these things or discard, whatever you want to yeah. uncover, discover, discard thing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, and so we can get in touch with this stuff and have a an active meditation. And again, what it does for we of the West is it gives us something to do while yeah. we're meditating. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. we're think we're thinking about stuff already while I'm sitting here. Just think about the breath. Don't move. <laughs> okay. What's the sensation of the air coming in out of my nose? I do it. Mm-hmm. Like the Sam Harris meditations, I do it. Like I'll sit and close, and I'll look at something, or I'll close my eyes, and I'll, or he'll, we'll do space gazing. Look at it, close your eyes, look, open your eyes, look at it, feel the space, yeah. and then close your eyes and feel the space still. Right, all these things I do it all. I try to, well, not all of it, but I do all a lot yeah. of stuff. But this is special because it's an active meditation. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was at a plateau recently with my breath work, so I'm like, okay, am I going to stop? No, I'm gonna plateau. So no, dude, I've been digging in longer. Nice, thirty-six, forty minutes. Like that's Damn. long. And um, how, where, where's uh, so where, where's a good place to start for how, like a, from a length period? Because I hear thirty or forty minutes, and I'm like, holy shit, that sounds really tough for a lot for somebody new. Is it like a couple minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, or? Yeah, sure. There's yeah. yeah. In fact, the guy who is my was my teacher, David Elliott. He's got a he's got playlists on Spotify. Uh, David Elliott. Um, I think there's a singer or something like that too. So it's look for like uh-huh. the look for the hippy dippy looking stuff. Okay. That's him. Okay. Um, he's a little bit lighter. I'll be playing some Deftones and, and <laughs> shit during my yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> during my breath work. Yeah. Not only that, but that's but I'll dig a little deeper. I think I saw Seven Dust and Deftones by the way at Memorial Auditorium in Sacramento a long time ago. Great show by the way. Good yeah, job. good. So that's fun. great. Oh, I'd like to see that show. Yeah. Um, today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he has some playlists and he has like intro five minute. Mm. 10 minute 13 21 28 okay. yeah and uh but my meditations on saturday which you can go to rocktorecovery.org slash meditations okay and you can sign up through there or you can go to instagram rock to recovery and link in our bio there's a link tree thing there's met you can go to breathwork we also uh provide a weekly mindfulness group oh nice that is that is facilitated by Jeremy Gray, another one of our rad uh, guys in Portland. Yeah, so you can come on in, man. It's again, it's free, or if you can, give some money. Yeah. <laughs> if you can, uh, I got, we got a we got a PayPal it's at Rock Recovery. You can go to the website RockRecovery.org/slash/donate. Right, there's ways of of doing it, but we want to share the love with people, right? Yeah. You said that was <laughs> RockRecovery.org/slash/breathwork. No, slash meditations. Oh, meditations. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. I'm just making sure I put this in the show notes so everyone out there listening, if you want to check it out, it's easy for you to find in the show notes down here too. So, oh man, yeah, and yeah, we're at Rocked Recovery, and then I am at Sunny underscore Mayo on Instagram. 
Sweet. I am on Facebook too, but I'm more of an Instagrammer. I'm, yeah, I kind of like, went, I'm just going to, I know that's the same fucking company, but I'm just like, I want to choose that one. It's and then weird. I push stuff through to Facebook. I'm, I'm the same. I deleted my Facebook in 2018 over like privacy stuff. And like, I was just not into that. I'm still not, but I'm still on Instagram, which is kind of ironic and <laughs> counterintuitive, but whatever it is, what it is. I'm trying to yeah. delete them one by one, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff, man. It's so good to have you on today. Bro. Yeah, like, thanks, was, bro. What a great conversation, dude. Um, can't wait for others to hear it. Lots of good stuff there. Um, for those listening out there, check out the links, everything. Holler at Sonny if you want. Hit him up. Mm -hmm. Give him a follow. Check out the breath work on Saturday is amazing. Um, thanks so much, man, for coming on today, dude. I, I really appreciate it. Dude, I was so stoked that you asked me. I was like, Yes, because when I saw you on that meeting, I was like, I want to do that guy's podcast. <laughs> then, awesome, dude. Then I was like, hey, you want to speak at my meeting? You want to be on my podcast? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it was like perfect, dude. You're all, yes, perfect. and yes. Yes, two good what, things. There dude. it is, yes. Yep, I love it. Yes Your favorite rad. word, your favorite word, right? Just yes and, and rad. So we'll wrap it up with that. Thanks, man. Sunny Mayo, appreciate you, brother. Dude, thanks so much, bro.